Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guest hosts or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. This is T.J. Morris with ET Radio, T.J. Morris ET Radio on American Communications Online. That's who sponsors us, American Communications Online. And we're going to be talking tonight with several ladies that want to show up and be my friends because I have my ACO club. And uh, we're doing ACR Radio Archives for all you guys that want to join us. We have the ACO Club Press Club by invitation only. And Friday nights are just uh, for members only. And we have TJ Mars ACIR Radio. It's ACIR Radio if you're interested in joining us. And we do archiving of shows, uh, people, uh, places, things in our group. Um, a lot of them are life coaches, guides, spirit guides. Um, Lightworkers, truth seekers, but I started this after publishing TJ Mars Publishing and on Lulu, and then we went to Amazon. Uh, but <clears throat> I started doing radio shows to help for the Stargate to the Cosmos uh, event we had in 2012, but we never got around to it, and so I still haven't showed up for a conference, but I hope to in the future. And Janet Carroll Lesson and I did Stargate to the Cosmos marketing promotions. For years and years and years, and now she has Aquarian Radio, and I have T.J. Mars E.T. Radio, and I show up now with Suzanne Wyman Flynn, who goes by Susan Wyman, Suzanne Wyman in California, to do a show now we've committed to start showing up in 2020 on Thursday nights, and a lot of my friends strictly know me as a psychic. I don't really promote it that much, but people seem to called me up like Suzanne did and said, are you a psychic? <laughs> and I do have some uh, domain names and some uh, businesses still out there. I've retired, basically. I'm not doing sessions for anybody right now. But I will show up and do a radio show or two. And <clears throat> I told people, like um, the guy that got me and Suzanne together, that I would show up and do a annual uh, convention if they want to, or show up and teach maybe for a week or something, do a little Tony Robbins kind of thing, or a motivational or a self-help thing. And so I've sort of asked Suzanne, I said, Suzanne, let's give it a year and see if we can work together. So uh, without further ado, let me get her on here and Hi. see what you guys think. Uh, you're, hey, okay, Lisa. Suzanne. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I, I'm, I'm literally alive on planet Earth. So I don't oh. know. I appreciate you keeping me motivated here. So I'm here. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really into it. I'm energized, excited, and enthused to be doing the show today. You sound good. You sound really good. I do? You do. Well, good. You I was talking to you excited. earlier but and Janet, but I don't know what we're going to do. So this is a new thing. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to bring in all my social media groups, but Friday night's always been by invitation only for eight years. But I put up Alien Civilizations Exist, Extraterrestrial Soul, NDE, UAP, ACO Club. But I don't know if any of that means anything. Now, Janet said she was going to call in tonight. And uh, okay. with I think it's Deborah Kuoko. She's in uh, New York. So I'll put 
Deborah's name up, your name, Janet's name, and my name, and then Karen Gresham Nickel of Dallas, Texas. So we'll see if they want to show up. But I put Metaphysical Talks of Women in our Spiritual Science Association International, ACE Metaphysical Institute, Alien Civilizations Exist, Who Are We, Why Are We Here, Ascension Masters Exist, to be guides when compassion and love is abundant. So, folks, it's we're not sure what this is going to be, but I will show up. I've told people Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for a little while. I'm going to try doing radio shows again. and I've got eight years of archives, so I am an archivist. But I'm doing my wow. best just to help friends that want to archive what they feel like is their life stories or their hero's journey or their inventory. And we've got different ways we talk about it but Suzanne was introduced to me by uh Robert Butwin who is a uh, a uh, entrepreneur he's a social networker and he found me on LinkedIn but uh Suzanne why don't you tell people a little about you first and then how you found me so okay, go ahead great. and tell people about you first so I, I've always worked as a psychic. I've worked as an intuitive. I've worked probably more in public than any other psychic in America today. Um, and I take and I work a telephone psychic job. I do telephone clients. I meet with people in person. And I do parties. So, uh, And I, I was trained by my grandmother. And then I went to school for it. I was in Santa Monica during the great spiritual renaissance. And I try to really stay focused on core level issues, repeating patterns. My favorite thing is relationships. Um, and I love talking to people about business. I love talking to people about Unmuted. how to create, how to create empowerment. Okay, are you there? Yeah, I think Janet just Hi, tuned yes. in because hey. we're syndicating. Hey, Janet, yeah, how are you? Yeah, this is Radio. Hi. <laughs> this is Suzanne, right? From yesterday? It's Suzanne, yeah. Yes. So the gang's all here. Yeah, so you sound good. Try this. I think we all sound good. So let me just introduce you to, to the other characters in our play today. Um, okay. So I'm Janet Carolison. I, I would recommend, since there's so many people here, that you say, say your name, you know, before you talk, because some of our voices sound alike, especially on the radio. Uh, we have, um, of course, you know, Teresa J. Morris, and we have uh, Karen Gresham Nickel. You want to say hi, Karen? She's uh, calling. Hi, from, I'm right here. Where are you at? What, what part of Texas are you in? I keep getting mixed up with. I, I, I'm you're in, in Dallas. Dallas, right? I'm in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, Deborah DeFranco. She's uh, yes, from ma'am. the Niagara Falls area. There, she said yes, ma'am. But She's raising the South. She told me, we do that. <laughs> Those who are raising the South learn to say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> product so of the Southern upbringing. Southern upbringing. So, um, yeah, where was everybody born and raised? Let's go round table with that. Uh, I'll start. I'm uh, Janet Carolesson, and I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then I moved to State College, which was a major move of my second marriage. And then I moved to Oahu in Hawaii, and I'm living right now in Maui, Hawaii. So next person, um, Suzanne, where were you born and raised, and where are you living Mm. now? Excellent question, Janet. Thank you so much. I was raised in Torrance, California. 
I was raised in a psychic family. I I live in Dana Point, California, and I have lived in and I have lived in California, and I have worked in Northern California and Southern California extensively. Thank you. Small world. Uh, my husband Sasha was was raised born was born in New York and raised in Torrance, California. Really? Back in 1941, he moved there. Yep. Yep. He said it was all farm fields. Not much was there. Oh, wow. That's great. Small world. Yeah. Always yeah. Small world. Okay. Uh, so um, we did me. Let's go to uh, Karen. Where were you born and raised? And you're living in Dallas now, but go ahead. Well, I was born in uh, Fort Worth. Texas, which is the part of the metroplex of Dallas-Fort Worth, and I grew up in a small town named Glenrose, and I was there for 16, 17 years, and then I left and went back to Fort Worth to go to the university college, and then I left and went many places. So I'm here in Dallas now, stabilized. Good. Yeah. Thank you. And Teresa, where were you born hi. and raised and where are you living now? Yeah, hi. I was born Teresa Jeanette Thurmond and uh I was born in Monroe, Louisiana and went to West Monroe High School and then transferred to Houston, Texas, where I had my four Texas baby girls. And so I call myself born Louisiana, raised in Texas. So I love Texas and I loved Houston. I went to Alvin Oh, I was police law enforcement, and I did uh, Alvin Junior College over there, and then we moved to Birmingham, Alabama. So you may hear a little southern accent, but I've lived all over the world. Go ahead, Janet. Back to you. Okay. Thank you. And Deborah DeFranco, where were you born, raised, and living now? I was born in Niagara Falls, New York, and I spent part of my life in Houston, Texas, and the other part of my life in Long Beach, California, and now I'm back in Niagara Falls. Wow. Oh, okay. I wondered how you ended up in Niagara Falls. Uh, you're the first person I've ever met that was born and raised in Niagara Falls. We don't <laughs> openly admit it publicly. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that's an interesting place to be born and raised. I was there about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and it was a small town, but... Uh, I was shocked by the power of those falls. They, they, I, I felt like I was going to, I was going to fall in and get sucked away. I just went, oh, no, I'm not going to be anywhere near that thing. Well, All the right. falls well, are today, probably the only thing in this city that's alive. Ooh, that's sad to say about a lot of cities. <laughs> well, you're there, so you're alive, though. <laughs> and it's a beautiful you part of the world. That? Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine being the first, uh, well, I guess the natives were there long before, but the first uh, white person that just walking around and all of a sudden, I hear a noise, I hear it. And then they come up against that. I mean, it's the most incredible body yeah. of water. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You can actually right, see so the mist of the falls from my house. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. I live on the Niagara River, which is just, a couple miles upstream from the falls. You can walk to the falls from my house. Oh, you can just take a little yeah. stroll. Do you do that? Do you go down for just to 
watch the sunset to, by the falls or something? Yeah, whenever my mom is here, she drags me down there to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting where we end up, where we're born, we go to, and where we end up. So, and now we're all ended. We've all ended up on planet Earth. So tonight we're going to explore a little bit about um, part. Of, I don't know three or four of the stories about Roswell and Emmy and interview. And we were talking to Teresa J. Morris. Put her on the hot seat. So when we put somebody in the hot seat, um, all our focus is on them. And everybody asks the person on the hot seat the question. So the questioner, um, when they've heard enough, like they got the answer to the question, they can say thank you. And the person on the hot seat, you know, stops talking. Because people tend to just wander all over creation with their answers, and they don't stay focused on the answer. They kind of segue. Some people are directed to the point, and they'll, they'll say yes or no, and they won't elaborate. So we want to get some... <laughs> We want to get some communication going here. So it's interesting for us as the people on the panel. It's interesting for the listener. Uh, it doesn't turn into a, a download, kind of like a diatribe, because it reminds us all of creatures when we're growing up and falling asleep in church. I mean, it reminds me of preachers and falling asleep in church. So um, we want to make it entertaining, interesting, and, and help the person on the hot seat to go deeper into their Memories. It's almost like a form of hypnosis. It's not, you know, formal hip- hypnosis, but it's everything like a hypnosis. If you ever study hypnosis, but it's a a way of uh, getting past some of the blocks in our subconscious and superconscious and access our higher selves and and remember as if we are, you know, remember our past things that, as if we are there in the current now and uh, tell the tales. So that's all we can do in life is tell our stories. So I know when we left last time. We had a drop-off, but Teresa did a wonderful, probably 20, 25-minute download. We do, sometimes we let people download. So she was just given, uh, like, a one question, and then she just went and started going into all of her memories and side memories. And, and we were about to ask her questions, and then all of a sudden she lost her connection. So when we hung up, uh, we got disconnected last time, uh, Deborah said, oh, I had 50 questions <laughs> So, um, so it feels like um, you know we've had an interrupted communication. So we're going to pass the talking stick, and we do have a virtual talking stick. And let Deborah ask uh, Teresa uh, one or two questions that she was left with last week. So I'm going to pass the talking stick to Deborah. Take it away. And okay. TJ, be so ready for the questions. My first question was. The reason why you, how did the military know you were psychic? When you talked about well, going to Jesse Marcel's house, how okay. were they? How did they become aware that you were psychic? I was recruited uh, out of high school when I went to Houston. You know where you went to Robert E. Lee, and I went to James Madison. Right. <laughs> I yeah. got recruited out of football game in the beginning, and then I got recruited out of a movie theater. I got recruited. Wow. Oh, and three times. There was three ways. So you can tell me. Uh, the third time was with Yvonne McCutcheon. So I was with the Houston Spinnerettes, Ambassadors of Goodwill, met Sonny and Cher, people that came, flew into Houston. We wore our little red uh, outfits, cowboy hats, and, you know, majorettes. I was a baton twirler dancer. Right. So three ways. Right. Yvonne recruited us, and all the paperwork was signed. 
uh, before I even graduated high school, but they didn't know I was only uh, 15 at the time. They thought we were 18. But she had us fill out all the paperwork. Uh, we got, uh, we were still in school when we were graduating, so it's May 67. I went in May 10, 67 legally. But my uh, mother, I remember I had to take the paperwork home for my mother to sign it because she wasn't going to come to the meeting, the meeting they had at a rec center type place. But it was all of us girls got recruited. Well, some of them didn't want to fill out the paperwork. Some didn't show up, about 8 out of 16, I think. But uh, that's one way. But I was recruited three ways that I can recall, Deborah. Now, but we can talk wait, about wait, that. Wait. Wait, you were recruited into the military, but how did they know you were psychic? Uh, well, uh, let's see. All right, I know I was using it in high school, and we talked about it. But I was at a at a football game. The first, I don't, uh, I don't know, but uh, I knew that I was psychic, but I was using it because I was exploring parapsychology with my boyfriend. But he was graduating with five scholarships. But we were... How did they know that you were psychic, Judy? Yeah, well, I have no idea. Psychic. I have no huh? idea. That's that's a weird yes, question. Okay, I'll tell you how they knew I was psychic. Okay, I'll tell you how they knew. Okay, let me answer that. I know how they knew. They were watching <laughs> you twirl on knives. And throwing them way up in the air while you spun around and catching them and never even getting a nick because that was way beyond human abilities. And they that made them attracted to you because that is some kind of uh, psychic, kinetic, um, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever you were doing myself. today was not normal. <laughs> All right, so y'all can huh? help me. That, you know, this is my hero's journey. I'm trying to figure it out. So. But these are good questions. That's a good question. But I would, we can suppose. I mean, who knows who is the government, right? These were men in black, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the guy wanted me to talk to him. Uh, this girl came up after uh, during the high school and wanted me to talk to this guy. It was her father, and he couldn't believe those were real knives. So uh, I had to bring him up, to show him. I didn't want to go up wait, there and talk wait, to him wait, first. Wait, 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 wait! You were twirling the knives. Yeah. Yes. Wait, I missed that part. <laughs> That's what I did. I twelve barbatons and machetes at those football games you and I used to go to. My goodness. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. I had no Two idea. I missed that part of the story. Uh well that would make you them that would make them want you. <laughs> Anybody can twirl real nice, sure. real sharp. I kept them sharp too. Yeah, two of them at a time. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that turned the lights off when we do fire. How did you back learn then. to do that? I taught myself. Did you, how did you was, learn to do that? That's what. All right. How well, did you teach yourself? Be, what were you doing? Uh, all right. To be fair, uh, one of the girls that lived down the street on Diane Street in West Monroe was Janie Ferguson. And she was a major, she, I don't know, she wore a uniform. I saw her out in her, uh, we moved in onto Diane Street, and her daddy was Roach, Pat Roach. And uh, Janie Ferguson twirled batons. So 
I wanted to learn, so I asked my mama if she'd pay her to teach me. So that was when I moved on Diane Street. So I got lessons from a teenager that, you know, it was popular in the 50s, right? So yeah, yeah, I guess she didn't so. teach yeah. me to twirl knives. I just found a machete in my mom's uh, garage one day and started playing with it, and then I found another one. And I don't know what they were doing with them. Maybe it's my brother's. I don't know. But uh, I just started twirling them and found out I could do it. I don't know how to – I just did it. It was fun. I could twirl. I scared this heck out of my mother. I'd twirl and spin it and catch it behind my back in the front yard. But mother would – oh, my God. And she couldn't make me quit. So I was enjoying <laughs> myself. <laughs> that is a talent, you know, right? Wow. Um, this is Suzanne speaking. But you know that's a talent. So talk about the talent of being fearless to – pick up a knife and start learning how to twirl it. That's not a girl item, you know. <laughs> well, I had a lot Did of boys <laughs> Did somebody train you, TJ? No, I trained or myself. Or were you just always wicked? You did it yourself. That's great. Well, well so we learned how to twirl in the 50s. I'm sure it's still, I was in that USTA, United States Twirling Association, but girls did that. I mean, I, I had to learn everything. I, I had to learn to ride a horse, play a piano, play the trumpet, play the French horn, you know, twirl batons, twirl machetes, twirl fire batons. I was very active. I was on the did you ever have, did, you ever, did you ever have an accident with the knife in any way with the practice? Never. Never hurt myself, no. Wow. Everybody never. thought I was going to. Ah, I didn't think like that. I, I didn't even think like that. I thought it was funny when people thought I would. But, uh, you know, the, to answer uh, Deborah's question, I, we we can uh, suspect that since he said he was with the government, I don't know, he didn't tell me what branch. He, she just said his, her dad worked for the government. And, you know, he told me, he called me under the bleachers to uh, talk to me and said, how would I like to work for the government? So I said, uh. okay. I didn't so, care. I didn't know what it meant. Teresa, that was, that's, that's, how you got, that's how you got found, because you had a fearless talent. So that's the beginning of the story. I like that. Okay, we'll start there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. That's great. So, but talk about how... I know the story. story. Let me go. I want to flesh out the second one. Okay. You were going to see a James Bond movie. This is what year was that? 1966 or something. James uh, Bond was really popular. It was interesting. And so tell everybody real slow. So tell everybody that story. So you're in a James Bond movie. And then what happens? Uh, me and me and Steve. Yeah, my boyfriend had the five scholarships, and you know, uh, he and I. He took me to a James. We were. We were just starting to date and everything, but he, uh, he did, I'd seen him take a real pretty girl to the band uh, at James Madison. We were in the first year. It's the first year the school was built. It was all white, maybe one token black uh, person. But they had the band, the band, uh, what they call that, band, you know, banquet, banquet. And he took this real pretty dancer that danced with, uh, I got in that dance club, Patsy Swayze's mama. Uh, Patrick Swayze and so I was real impressed with that and uh, I was impressed because we brought the prettiest girl to the band banquet but she wasn't from our high school but I sort of resented that so it caught my attention I had this 
Well, uh, she's not even going to our high school. What's she doing at our band banquet? So that's how he got my attention. And then I found out later. But he took me to the, uh, I think it was Windsor, uh, our Anyway, somewhere in downtown Houston to go see a James Bond movie. And when it's over with, uh, every, it was a big crowd. It was like the premiere of some tons of people. And everybody's leaving towards the front where you normally come in and leave. Everybody knows what a theater looks like. And it was a big one in Houston. But these uh, men come up uh, in suits. I always call them the men in black because that's popular. But uh, they literally were in suits. And uh, uh, one got in they, uh, the crowd's leaving, and me and him are leaving. You know, we just got up. I remember where we were sitting. It was so crowded, and we got there in between, not late, but we couldn't sit in the middle. I know we're in my mind the the video that plays. We were on the right. You know how they had the middle, and then some on the right, and some on the left. So we were on the shorter side on the right. So we get up to go up that aisle, one on each side of the, and and we're going out and halfway up the incline. All of a sudden, a man gets in front of me and a man gets in back of me, and, I, and they separate me and him, and there's some them, and they're like, no, come on, we're going. No, you're coming with us. And they strong-armed us through the crowd, and people, they just passed us by and pushed us out the side door. And we were, it was happening so fast, you just sort of go with them. It's weird because you're teenagers and you don't know what's going on. So they pushed us out the side door out on the cement where some steps go down. And on the end of it was a man smoking a cigarette like in X-Files. Oh, yeah. And uh, he looked up and talked to me and Steve and asked us uh, how we'd like to work for the government again. That's how you know it's the government, but they don't ever say nothing just again. And, uh, you know, they were talking to Steve and everything. And then he said he was talking to Steve and asked him a couple of questions. And they looked at me. And they said, no, you, how would you like to do, you know, how, first of all, they started off talking to us, but like they were interviewing the movie, like, well, so what did you think of the movie? And, you know, how, what do you think of James Bond? So it was small talk with the men to make us feel better, I guess, small talk. about I thought that's like being interviewed for me. Oh, well, that was pretty good, blah, blah, blah. So they were talking to him about that, and then they looked at me, and the guy was smoking a cigarette, like that X-Files, looks up, you know, because we're on the top, the cement part where you walk out the door. They kept us enclosed in the men and he was at the bottom uh you know by himself smoking the cigarette with he had one foot up on the, the step stand there like you know with a hand in his pocket smoking a cigarette with his one foot propped up real cool and trying to impress us i guess but uh he, so he looked at me and he said no how would you how would you like to do that james bond because you know they were talking to steve but he said no you how would you how would you think of that how would you like to do i said the girl like Oh yeah, that's pretty. Uh, blah, 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 something. And he said no, like be a like James Bond. But I was like, oh, okay. But we just agreed or whatever. But it was just a conversation about thought the movie and asking us that we wanted to work for the government. So we said okay, and they said, well, don't mention it to anybody or blah blah blah. And so we just left in the car and uh, started talking. But they said don't mention it. And he said, wow. Well, Tom. I mean, it wasn't Tom. It was Steve. I get my husbands mixed up. Sorry. But it was Steve, so he's the boyfriend. So, you know, we mentioned it, but we didn't even mention it to our parents again. We didn't – it just – I don't know. It's just when you're teenagers, it was sort of cool, but it, was, it wasn't it was sort of a big deal. I don't it, – it, we didn't even talk about it anymore. I don't know why, but so that's what happened, the second time. Did, did they ever approach you again? Did they ever approach you again? How do you know that the third time was the – Let's see. 
the Yvonne military McCutcheon faction was, that wants to recruit you. I don't know which one came first. Now, who's to be that? Asked, Janet. Who's Yvonne McCutcheon? She ran the uh, short for the government. I think she recruited people out of high school. She had this Houston spinnerets. I don't know. Okay. Well, what do you know? Tell us what you do know, and then we'll piece it together. So how do you you think she was with the military recruiting people? What made you think that? She's the one that had us uh, ask. You're breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa, can you reposition your mouth, please? Oh, okay, hold on. Yeah, thanks. You're breaking up. Yes. I'm sorry. I took it off a speaker while I talk. Okay. And, uh, okay, what was the question? I'm sorry, I'm lost again. Janet, can I ask her the question for a second? So we're listening to the sequence of events that you're doing, and you're explaining it to us. And what we're trying to keep in perspective is we're trying to get an accurate timeline. So um, you've told us about the two approaches. Now tell us about the third approach. And you have to really trust that you know because you know more than you're aware of and you have to feel supported in that process. So I'm going to support you in that process and I'm going to tell you you do know and it's okay to share it. Okay. Well, that feels good. Okay. So, uh, good, good. I like that. Uh, okay. That's beautiful. But you said Go. three. Okay. So okay. we did. Uh, we're doing Ivanka McCutcheon's, right? The lady. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. where we're Yvonne, at. Okay. My dad. I had questions because my dad. Told, my, it was my stepdad because my mom had a bunch of kids. I was the oldest of seven kids, and she just had a baby. So uh, she was pregnant because she didn't have tish till November 67. So I know it was the government, but my dad, uh, mama was asking questions about the government and the paperwork. Mom was curious, but she wasn't curious enough with kids to find out what was going on. So she told my dad, my stepfather, Charlie Thomas, to take me with the uh, paperwork because I really wanted to do it, but I don't know why I wanted to do it. But some of the kids... Parents allowed them. What did the do to James? We we just got lost in the story. So oh. what is the if they were asking you to do? What is the paperwork you forgot to tell us what that was? It's a big deal with uh, threats that we would be working going to Washington D.C. We were going on a trip to Washington D.C. and we were going to no the spinnerets. The spinnerets. Okay, so you're part of the spinnerets. And you've been approached, and then you're going to be doing a trip, and you're going to be going to Washington, D.C. Your mother's overburdened with children, so she's handed the responsibility off to your stepfather. And tell us what unfolds from that, please, very slow. You're okay. good. You're doing good. You're doing really good. Well, you are. I was, he was asking, he was briefing me, like, do you really think you want to work for the government? I said, I don't know, but... What's it? You know, I don't know, but he said it's a real. Uh, it's a. It's really a. a you were going to go to. You know, you're going to Sam Houston State, and uh, which I did. I went to the university early. You're real smart, and uh, it's a. It's a good thing, but I really want you to think about it. But uh, he knew something because he said, I, "I was just. 
I was dumb as a rock, really. I mean, I had skills, but I, I was really about excitement and doing things. So I was just like me too, because I want to do it. You know, I didn't no thought I, I, process. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow you down one more step, and okay. talk about talk about um, this person who's your stepfather. How you felt that he knew, because you're looking back at this story, and the memory's perfect inside of you. But look back at that story. And tell me how you knew that he knew more. Talk about the subtleties of that. Yeah, because he had to go in the meeting, but after the meeting, he got—he was a, an adult, so he knew more. But he had asked on the sideline, I think he talked to Yvonne McCutcheon, because he took me after the meeting of signing the paperwork and turned it in and all that, uh, to the mall, and we sat in the mall for a minute. He told me, he was trying to explain it, but I didn't understand. So he said, i tell you what. You see that name? Uh, we could see Hobby Airport or something like that, the airport in Houston. It okay. wasn't the big one yet. We didn't have the big, or maybe we did have the big one. I don't remember. But it was. No, uh, I know what mall you're talking about. It oh, was you golf, do? It was golf. Yeah, it was golf, it was golf mall. Yeah, but, yeah, but that that mall doesn't exist. Yeah, Gulf Freeway Mall, but that freeway doesn't exist anymore. But it was close to the airport. What was that airport called? He told Houston me to Hobby. remember the man. Was it Hobby Airport? It was Houston. It was. It's Hobby. Yeah, the the Gulfport Mall was by Hobby Airport. Houston Hobby, I think is what they called it. Okay, but yeah, he just Houston told Hobby, me to Houston remember. Hobby. He said. He knew someday that I wasn't going to remember all this or something, because he could tell I wasn't into it. I was just about going to Washington. He knew I didn't know what I was really going on. But he said, you know, you're real talented and you're real smart, and we're gonna, you're going to Sam Houston. Because, see, when I went to Sam Houston State, uh, all of us got to stay at a dorm, but we were going for the baton, the baton twirling camp six or eight weeks, you know, uh, at the university, and we got to stay there. So, but he said, just remember the name of that airport, and okay. that'll tell you someday. And 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 I always did. I remember, like she said, sitting at that mall, and whatever yep. I was going to do had something to do with the name of the airport. The man, he said, just remember the name of that airport, and you'll get okay. it some. Yep. Okay. So so now you have a really great touchstone here. You have a touchstone of an individual who you trust. You have a passion for being uh, competitive and the best in a sport, and you have a lot of intelligence, and so you've been given an honor. So touch into that feeling inside of yourself that you have been separated, recognized, honored, and are being given something, and then continue the story about how you know that you're going to Washington that doesn't directly relate to the story of being a baton twirler, but it relates to going to Washington. The excitement is there, but the clarity of the memory is centered in the fact that you now know intuitively and subconsciously that you are being recruited. So this is the intuitive process of the cues that happen. And remember, it's appropriate to the developmental age because we're in chakra number three. Okay. Uh I don't know what all that means, but okay. Uh, basically, uh, we didn't go, and I was real disappointed. Uh, okay. They said because there were so many that decided 
they were bringing the ladies down to interview us. And uh, they came to my house, but they said they were uh, with a, two ladies uh, came to my house, and they were in, uh, they looked like airline stewardesses. I was, uh, in other words, they put off, they won't take us, so I'm pissed off. But I know I was at a baseball game because I played baseball. I had to be active 24-7. I had to play baseball. So if I wasn't in twirling at high school, then I, it was, I was at the summer. I was, I was in my uniform. We had shorts and big, long socks. And two ladies come in my house. My dad's at work, and my mom's in the kitchen. And they, she calls me in after the – they had to wait on me till I got through my baseball game. So they'd been there like an hour and a half. So by the time I walked in the front door, they were all like, couldn't wait to talk to me. And so mother made me sit down. Don't sit like a boy. Put your legs together. These are the ladies. Because I was a real tomboy. So uh, I remember I got in trouble for with these ladies because I was not a lady. I was a tomboy. And yeah, you know, I was sitting there with my glove and pitching my ball and uh, sitting in the chair listening to these ladies pitching me on what I, you know, did I want to work for the government? So okay. I, I don't know. It went on for a while. They interviewed me. I don't know what I said. But that's, the Mama, third, that's, that's the third approach. And the third approach that's is the really. Time. That's the, the fourth, fourth time. Okay. Remember, fourth. I had, I had uh, the guy at the high school. And I don't know which one comes in. The guy at the high school, men in black, he goes under and buys me a hot dog. His okay. daughter had me come up and show him this, the machete. So there's that part. Number two, there was three parts. There, 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 let's see. The let's see, second the, part was the you and the movie. Oh yeah, the movie. That's number two. The movie. Number three is at the mall where they met with you and your dad took you to the mall afterwards. Yeah, we had to turn the paperwork in, and then uh, I think I'm going, but I'm all disappointed. But they, they, were, they had so many of us, they were going to bring the ladies down to interview us. So they came and interviewed me at home. Okay. Yeah, so it's four. But it's all, I don't know if it's all the same story. It's my experience. How, how do you know, TJ, how do you know they wanted you to work for the government? The they said the government. Did they say the government? They the government. Did they elaborate like what that meant? Like I'd the ask them the military. No, no, nobody ever tells you nothing did that way. They were from, did they say they were from the government? Yeah, you have to fill out How the paperwork. You? Mama knew. Yeah, they called Mama want, on the phone and made an appointment. Okay, but did How you want to know you? what they wanted to do in the government? I'm fifteen. You're fifteen. Okay. Okay. So, so here's the here's your timeline that you've you've covered with us. You've covered your timeline. You've covered the four approaches. Okay. So each time each time there's an approach, there's another person who's made who's with you and makes the introduction. Right? Do you see that part? The first yeah, part mom, is mom. Because I asked mom, how do you know they were coming? She said because they called me on the phone and they had to wait. That's why they were so impatient. Because I was, I wanted to hurry up and get out. You know, I was sweaty and wanted to hurry up and get a shower. And they were just holding me up. So, but she told me they were with. You know, that this is about your interview. You wanted. A mother, mother was very. What do they call that? Uh, you know, like this is what you wanted. Sit down and shut up, kind of thing, right? 
So okay. I didn't know because I'd been playing baseball, and she didn't tell me. They just happened to call her and make an appointment that day. It's the way I got it. They were in town. They made an appointment. Go ahead. Let me ask, let me ask one thing. Did you wonder what you were going to do for the government? No. What, you, what, what did you want to do? I mean, you just wanted to do anything for the government? I don't know. I just was a kid. I was a job, I guess. When, I don't know. I don't know. I just knew that's what we were going to do. That's just what they, t- you know, I don't know. I was a me too person. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so you, you see, you see how you see, you see the, it's a great, it's a great question because they did something in their conversation and in their approach with you that made you feel comfortable. Like this was going to be okay. This was going to be cool. This was going to, right. So they, they sold it to you in a way that was really, really subtle. You never, you never felt, you never felt like there was anything wrong. You felt this was normal. It made you feel good. The adults around you encouraged you and told you this is important. This is how we do it. And so, yeah, those inc- girls were pretty. They were real pretty. They were like <laughs> you, Dallas Cowboy you cheerleaders. Know other things? She was what? always. She was always with someone she trusted when they approached her. They never approached her alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what I would, what I recommend, because Deborah, uh, no, not Deborah, um, Suzanne, you're doing an amazing job. I want you to interview me someday because you'll help me get in touch with memories. I recommend everybody does this type of process sometime in their lives where they have, you have somebody facilitate you to take you back in time to your these are your family of origin and cultural conditioning and religious programming and things that are critical for you to remember. So thank you, Suzanne, for a great job. But for just like the next 10 minutes, let's just let Suzanne conduct this interview. Now, if you have questions, Deborah and Karen, write them down, and I'm going to do the same. And then when, when you're done with a good point, Suzanne, then say, um, go ahead, ladies, who has a question? And then okay, let's do good. the next step because this yeah. is really valuable what you're doing. Go ahead. Back to you. Oh, oh, thank you. I really consider myself somewhat of a thank you for the compliment. Thanks for the confidence. I love doing this work, and I really, I really relate to the experience that Teresa is telling us because of her memory is so accurate and it's so flawless. But somebody has to encourage her and tell her that she's right. And, Teresa, you're doing a really good job. And whenever you have, like, a sense of discomfort, you should voice it to me because you're moving through a huge piece of material. I don't even think you really even understand how big a piece of material you're working through, but you're moving so effortlessly. It's lovely to do it with you, okay? Okay. Okay. You you are. Sure. You're doing it. You're no, you're doing it. And yeah. it's just a um the only the only so so here here we are. We have these we have these pieces of the story of where you the first person who caught your attention was your friend and I think you said his name was Pat Roach and he was the one who actually spotted you. He's the one who saw the talent He's the one who took and submitted the information. And then the next stage is when the next group of people want to have a conversation with you, you just think, to get a feel of you. Pat Roach, 
he was a mason. I remember he ta- he encouraged my daddy. He was uh, J- Janie Ferguson's stepdad that lived okay. down a few doors down. But yeah, he was high in the Mason group. I remember my daddy getting in the Masons through Pat, and he drove daddy to work every day. Okay, good. So there's the element of trust. There's our foundation piece. So this person knows your family. He knows where you live, and he's the one who starts the process. The next, really, yeah, back in Monroe. That, that was West that, Monroe, huh? I never thought that, of that before. That's it, uh, who taught me how to twirl batons. So they did tell me back then because I was in television. So I was at James A. No K and O E that I was going to be important and all that. And they had me dress up and real pretty little dresses and show up in school and go to uh, be on television for KNOE in uh, El Dorado, Arkansas. So they had me singing on television. And they took my fingerprints, too, when I was a kid. So they took my fingerprints. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Fingerprints? Yeah. Why? Let's save that. When you were born, right? Let's save that for a moment. Let's save it for a moment, okay? Okay. So, um, so Teresa, here, here you are. You're, you're a young woman, and um, you've caught the attention. And um, two things have emerged in your story that you've told. One is that one you like, you like the attention, even if you don't understand it. You understand the significance of it even if you don't really, really understand how significant it is, you still understand the significance of what's occurring by how the adults are treating you. So kind of talk to me just in a free-form associative state about how that feels at that age. Because remember, you're still progressing energetically. So just talk about how it feels. Well, where are we? Because in Monroe, Louisiana, that's, that's You said Pat Roach put me back in West Monroe back earlier when I was learning to twirl batons. So where am I? Because I do okay. it by uh, where I see myself past. You know, it's like going back in time. You're seeing a video right. in your head. Right. I get so, that. And, uh, as well, I sit, and as I sit with you, I see the images with you. I don't see all of them, but I can see them. And so, um, so well, one Pat of the Roach things. Wasn't a, I've never had Pat Roach in my story, but you picked up. And you said Pat Roach, which I've never had him in my story before. So that's the Mason and the guy. He thought I was really pretty. And I was sort of scared of him. Like he was, I felt like he was a pedophile kind of guy. But <laughs> okay, I didn't okay. like him. But okay, I don't know. You but you took me back to, I'm not in Houston where I'm a teenager. I'm back where I was a kid learning to twirl batons. Okay. Does that make any sense? When you mentioned yeah, Pat Roach, that's my Diane Street when I was right. younger. That's that's junior. That's elementary, junior high, and high school. Nine, up okay. to ninth grade. Okay. Then yeah. I go to Houston, ninth grade. Okay. So Pat so Roach means baton twirling, and okay. how to learn to twirl. But I. But I, it did that brings up my television, because uh, as a little right. girl. I knew what you said is I knew I was important or something or I knew something, but that right. made me remember television and going. I was special in school when I had to wear the special dresses and the petticoats and the bows and all that because they were taking me to television land 
in a car. A man would pick me up. They trusted him somehow, but a man would pick me and one other girl and maybe a boy or two every to to film television out of uh, Ransom Elementary School. So that's when I started feeling important was television. Okay, good. So that's the first feeling of importance. So interesting, so when we understand how we regress the material and we regain our memories, we understand, we have to understand the setup. What is the setup? So the setup was is that they made you feel special and they acknowledge your talent. And so now I want you to take, and we've done your first encounter um, with throwing knives with talent, the second one at the movie theater, the third one where your stepfather takes you and you sign the papers and afterwards you go to the mall, and then the fourth experience where you're supposed to go to Washington, but you don't, and the two women come over and hold a conversation with you, okay? So, uh-huh. And so in each, in each one of those instances in your story, something that they said to you that made you feel important and made you feel special. So following that timeline, I want you to go forward to the next most important memory in this sequence of events and look at the feeling of importance and just let your mind drift to the next point of importance. You have clarity here. You have understanding. You have wisdom. You have subconscious knowledge. You have past life memories. All of it ties together in this moment to look at that memory and see it with clarity and go to the next most important event. Well, I wasn't supposed to have kids, and I got pregnant because Steve wanted to keep uh, – our a Vietnam War happened, and uh, he got our high school that same year in 67. The boys were uh, getting recruited and coming back in body bags was the story. So Steve had to go down and get what's called butt naked at the MEPS Center in Houston, and he was scared shitless, so we got pregnant. It was his – and I didn't even know, I'd never had sex, so uh, he got me uh, pregnant at the theater. And okay. so I screwed everything up. So I screwed the whole, I uh, screwed the pooch. So they let him work at NASA, and they had me fill out more paperwork at NASA, again, for my clearances and stuff. Okay, how old are you? Uh, Sixteen. Okay, and how how do you feel about being pregnant? I was never going to have kids. I wasn't supposed to have kids. Right, but now you're pregnant. How do you feel about it? I don't understand. I don't feel. I I don't even understand how it happened. I literally don't. I mean, (laughs) at that time, I was dumb as a rock, and he was making out with me, so I never had sex. I never had – nobody had ever kissed me. Remember, he's the guy that went to the banquet. He was the – had five scholarships, played the trumpet, band president. So he made me feel special because his parents were trying to get uh, – his dad worked at NASA. He had the car. Uh, he, he was the big band president. He was – you know, he was somebody. He was dating the Patrick Swayze girl and uh, all that. So uh, his dad worked at NASA, and uh, I got pregnant, and I got a job because we'd gone – he – he was playing in the symphony, and uh, I was going and riding horses with uh, Joan Robinson Hill, 
and she was the horse lady, and we'd go to Shamrock, and we would swim during the summer. That's the same time I got recruited, and I was in the baseball, and I got pregnant. All this is happening, and I'm I'm getting pregnant in my bathing suit, and Joan told me I was pregnant, but I didn't know I was because the girls were making fun of me, and Joan told me, but her husband got killed. Uh, we were going to his house in the mansion, and uh, they did a book and a movie with uh, Farrah Fawcett of, about him, that same timeline, that same year. All this happened. But uh, Deborah may remember River Oaks, but it was Dr. Oh, yeah. uh, John Hill. You remember D- John Hill and Racehorse Haynes? Yeah. Uh, PJ, yep. PJ, you're losing me. You're losing me. Okay, you're and losing all, me. I know a lot goes um, on. That's, that's okay, all part yes, of that but, same well, we time. We have to slow it down and unpack this. You're, you're doing a flow of consciousness again, and Suzanne was doing real good to track, so you're well, losing me. Well, that's all happening right here. Wait, stop, 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 stop. I, I got a psychic hit. PJ is, um, what was your first husband's name again? Is, is, is he the father of the baby? You know, you know, is he the father of the baby? Yeah, Angela. Yeah, Angela. Looks just sure. like him. So okay. you, you, okay. You, you, you know, okay, you know for fact. Only sex ever had. Go ahead. <laughs> of course. Okay, okay. So, so how, do you, how do you not know that you had sex? That's what I don't understand. So I got I pregnant. Never had sex first time. Well, I got pregnant. Somebody had to tell me I was pregnant. You don't remember, you don't remember that he penetrated you? Yeah, he was sliding it in, Janet. I don't want to get gross. Yeah. Okay, you do remember that. No, no, I, you said you... I I was so confused. I'm going, well, this must be an accident conception and some ET themes are up. Cause, you know, I mean, I certainly remember when people put things inside me. You know? Well, so, I don't know what it um, was. It, it felt warm, okay? Dude, I don't want to go into all the details. It was that we're in theater. No, I don't you know? want you to. Nobody's asking you to. I just wonder if you remember... So- so you Teresa, said you don't remember having sex, and it's like, well, how did you pregnant? Eat? So back to you, Suzanne. <laughs> oh, good. So good, good way to break it up for us to laugh about sex. But I think is everybody else going to tell their story on they the are. radio like they I are. am? Duh. They are. Okay. So I, Teresa, y'all, 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 y'all got, got it next. coming now. Deborah, Teresa. you and Karen got it coming. You hear me? So, so Teresa, <laughs> be careful. Be careful so, what you ask. Make sure you want to hear that answer. <laughs> I do. So yeah. When you got pregnant first time, or when so you got girl. it the first time, everybody's got to share. It's okay. a girl thing. Yeah. No Everybody problem. Quiet. Okay. We're, we you know we're on radio. We only right? two hours. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so Teresa, Suzanne, take take control. Suzanne, take control. Go ahead. Okay. So Teresa, it's an interesting story because. <clears throat> Every single time you talk about a shift or something that happens that's significant, they make you feel special. So, um, so now I'm here you are. <laughs> you're staying, you're staying okay. busy. You're staying active. You're involved in baseball, and now it's summertime, and you're swimming, and the girls are making fun of you because they can see that you're pregnant and you're 16. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. But I remember being at the Shamrock Hilton, and the pool's on the top level. Uh, the Shamrock Hilton, Deborah may remember, down close to Westheimer down in there, you know, near the park and the zoo. That was sort of our hangout. We rode horses. We went over to the mansions in, Be- in uh, River Oaks. And, uh, but uh, 
We went to the top, and I remember standing there on a bright, sunny day, and this security guard looked at me and mentioned it, and that was how everybody started laughing because they said she doesn't know. So I didn't know I was pregnant, and uh, the security guard at the top of the Hilton, Shamrock Hilton, and I find out. I don't believe it. I don't even know what pregnant is. So I wasn't going to have kids, but by the time I figured it out, I'm not real happy about it. So, I mean, it was not happy. It it wasn't happy. It was embarrassing. But I was happy when I went with the Hilton and with Joan because, you know, Joan was real popular, and I liked her. We rode horses together. Okay, so I'm going to take you back. You're, You're not off topic, but this is the part. This, the reason you're talking about this part of the story is because this is the part of the story where you get off track from the government bringing you in for the position that they think you're going to take. And so you're talking about this the way you're talking about it because you realize that you're off pregnant. track. You're off yeah, track. Yeah, I'm not supposed to get pregnant. But then they right. pull me in another way through NASA and my husband, and I get to go have the kids, and then – you know, but they've had my history, so they said they could. Everything was okay, but uh, they send a man to my house okay. with the government that worked at NASA with my husband to make sure I finished okay. my GED and went to law enforcement and got okay. into the Paraland Police. And the, so the the government man that was with NASA came in uh, some about Chicago. And Chicago wound up being the recruiting where the CIA and the FBI was. So okay. they recruited right. me. So Chicago becomes important 6970 because I'm okay. pregnant. Okay, let's stop right there. Let's take a little a little breather. You covered so you covered the material once. So here's how you work, Teresa, when I do this process with you is is that when I explain to you why you digress and why you don't go forward with the material is because you have an emotional block, you have regret, shame, disappointment, anger, whatever. And then right. that sort of, that gets your story stuck. And then when I bring you back to the point where I talk about how special it felt and how important it is for you to be on this journey, then you go to the next relevant detail. So we're staying on the relevant detail and we're following a timeline. So now you've taken us to 1970. And they've asked you to finish up your GED, and they've asked you to take and go to Chicago and become involved in law enforcement. That's the part, and that's what I'm trying to yeah. get you to get clear about that. Now, this has to go a little slower, and you've got to be more clear. Okay. Well, uh, I have more kids, but I do go, and uh, I'm a police dispatcher. It's before civil service comes in. The way it was explained to me, they were coming, but I went in and did dispatching to get some law enforcement. Uh, but I've had four kids, you know, boom, 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 boom. So uh, 6970. So I had Angie March 25th, 68, and then I plump out Lauren uh, April 3rd, 70. So that's when I meet Newton Schwartz and he gives me the job, but he's real impressed because of. John Hill and Grady Hallman, Denton Cooley, uh, all the heart surgeons, and he lets me uh, get free rent. So I get free rent to be the apartment manager. So now I feel important again because I can work. Now, I always wanted to work, and I wasn't going to have kids. So 
now I'm important again because I got a job. I can pay my way. So that's where the guy comes. Yeah, I got a job, and they're they're telling me I got to finish my education. But it's not important. They'll make sure I get certificates and all that. But they're telling me it's not important because I'm so smart, and I did clip some stuff. But but they have to punch some tickets or something, some people. So the NASA, my husband drives from uh, League City, where I've got the free job, and, you know, uh, John Robinson, John gets killed. You're you're confusing us. Wait, TJ, we're getting confused here again. We need to let Suzanne take you back. Uh, Don't don't proceed forward until Suzanne says we're complete with that episode, okay? So, Suzanne, go back. I know you're tracking, girl. You're doing an excellent job. Thank you. Uh, but I, I'm getting confused. It's just um, too much. Go ahead, Suzanne. It's a lot of information. Okay, so um, Jan- so Teresa, Janet is asking me to put into chronological order. You give us the information about the children, the people that you meet that are important, that are the heart surgeons that connect you with a job to be an apartment manager, and they take and work it out for you on paper that you get your um, GED and you finish your requirements for school. And so you're working as an apartment manager. Where are you living? Because your husband is with you, but he's going to work at NASA. Where are you living? Teresa? I left the port Are you there? Yeah. I'm there. Hold on. Yes. The baby. Too the baby. Fast. We need, I'm still stuck back. I'm stuck back that you didn't know you were pregnant. I want to know <laughs> what happened that you finally figured out you were pregnant. I mean, you got you popped out four kids, and it's like, I'm, you're still pregnant and truthful. So we go back and <laughs> All right, well, back. Go back. And why does your husband, now, when does your husband marry you? When do, wait, let's see oh, now. She's going to get you in line. Stop and let okay. that person ask the question, and that gets okay. you focused, okay? Go Suzanne. back. Go back. I want to go back because I need to go no, back to where I broke my tooth. I need to go back where I was a spinneret and I broke my tooth, and John gets killed. What, what year and are I'm you at talking the, about? I'm at the house when he gets what killed. Year? I'm outside in the what car. Year? What year? Janet, Janet, let, uh, me, let, me see if I, let me see if I can it find this. It all happened. I don't, let me find it. this piece of information. Stop, stop. My head hurts. Help, help. Okay. Go ahead, Susan. Okay. Take to the helm. Teresa. I'll become a private okay. investigator. I, I start right. to work for an investigator. Uh, that's important because I, I know I, right there, I know. Uh, all this is happening. See, what gets mixed up is all this important stuff is happening in Houston at the same time. And okay. I, I, I get this is how I get my job with Newton Schwartz. Okay, and so let me. Let me take you. Let me take I'm you an through. investigator. At 16, I become Charlie's Angels. I okay, really great. do. I become stop, a Charlie's stop, Angels. Stop. Let, me, let me take you TJ, through it. Please. Let's go through it yeah, one slow please. piece at a time. Have you got a bottle for that baby kitten that you're feeding there? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll feed the kitty. Hold on. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. You're hungry again every two hours. Okay, 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 okay. All right. So, y'all, yeah, this is so. so Everybody's going to get to tell their. Story, right? Cause I'm not they are. One. No, no, yeah. no. Promise, I'll show you. Okay, okay. So here's yeah. here's where you try and here's where you try and rush through the process. And I think it's kind of funny that we have to take a little break and 
get some formula for the baby kitten, and I can hear him drinking away now. So it's good. Okay. So, Teresa, do you, do you understand that your block in this piece of material, the block about discussing the sequential time frame in this period, is because you didn't like the amount of time and energy it took to become, become pregnant, give birth, take care of the baby, get pregnant again, I mean, you got pregnant once a year for four years in a row, so that by the time you were twenty years, twenty-one years old, you had four children. Uh, let's see. Well, I, I was being an investigator, and I was happy. I was driving a Cadillac. All this excitement, John and Joan. The John, John was supposed to kill Joan, my best friend. I was all involved, and. The rich people were having me come over because I broke my tooth at the Warwick Hotel, and I was a spinneret, and we were dancing the can-can, and all the people about the oil embargo, and they're going to raise the price to $5 a gallon, and it was crazy, and I was listening to all this, so I was trying to be smart, and uh, Percy Foreman, uh, my grandma hired Percy because I broke my tooth at the Warwick Hotel. So that's how Grady Hallman and them gave me that job when I got married. It was a big scandal. We went to Christmas with John Hill. We were singing. It's all happening at the same time. I'm, it's crazy in Houston, but these are real rich people. It's, it's a big scandal. Oh, sure. Okay. So, um, so, you, so you, when, you, when you digress in your story, <laughs> Teresa, you digress in your story, is the part where we're trying to understand how you managed to work this hard, impress the government, and pop out babies. And, I mean, most women struggle with giving (laughs) birth. Okay. Who's watching the kids? What do you do? Who's watching the kids? Who's watching the kids? My mom helped me, and I had a daycare center. Okay, good. Okay, that explains that. Okay, when did you get married to your husband? Uh, November 10th, 1967. Okay. Had you given birth at that time, or were you about to give birth? I was a pregnant bride. Remember, I was poochie already. I was pregnant. I'm okay, not good. proud of it. How, no, hey, today, today. But remember, man, he man. didn't want to go to, remember, he didn't want to come back in a body bag. He was crying to me about being butt naked. I bought right. his sad story. So apparently he, had a, he knew how to do it, because apparently... I mean, but no, that well, was his let me plan tell you, to get me Let pregnant. me tell you a little historical thing that you might not be aware aware of. But to get out of Vietnam War back in the 60s, you had a baby. So he That's knew right. what to do. He got you pregnant so he could avoid Vietnam War. Well, he was smart. He was smart. Thank God he was smart enough. Okay. So he, you guys get, you're pregnant and you get married. And you're 16 years old when you get married or 17? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was real mature for my age. You know, I see that newspaper. Uh, Deborah's got it in Kentucky. Uh, I was real pretty and tall and smart, but uh, November, let's see. I was born 12-26-51. I was in the high 11th grade. Had to get my GED. Uh, we were going. I got to go to the music room in John's, where, where Joan lived. I remember being there. We were going to dinner the night he was killed. The people killed him. We were out, and there's cops everywhere. So that's important to me because okay, I so, became okay. an investigator on it on that day okay. because I'm doing it. So, so Janet, let me let me let me let me let me review. Ahead, let me do this piece there. Okay. Who? Sure. You know. So this 
So here's, here's what you do. Okay, so wait a second here. This is what you do. You take and you get down it's to the pieces. Of the, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult for us to talk about it, so I promise I won't embarrass you or do anything that I'm might make you feel ashamed. Okay, good. I'm pretty so, embarrassed right now. No, no, it's not. Let me tell you something. Holly Madison, um, Holly Madison recently got divorced, but her husband wouldn't marry her unless she could get pregnant. And so today, a man wants the woman he's with to get pregnant first, and then after they have that first baby, then he proposes to the woman. Well, that's and then they that's get the thing, it, was, yeah. it was not good, but I didn't understand. Okay. I, didn't, I was a virgin, okay? I didn't know what sex was. Nobody told me. Okay. I'm sorry they didn't tell you, but let's get past the humiliation. He did it. The guy you were with, Steve, I think you said his name was, he did it to protect himself because everybody knew that if you went to Vietnam, you could die, and those were some of the worst years of the Vietnam War. So he yeah. was smart. And he all the rich people doing. were in on it. I think he okay. told the musicians. I think he told John Hill, Grady Hallman, Bakey, right. Cooley, Denton Cooley, all those doctors. I think they so were all in dies? on it. So who died? John. Tell us, John, who's John? Uh, Joan, Joan died. So Joan who is he? My who friend, is Joan. Who is Joan these was, people? Joan was Where racehorse, is? not racehorse. Joan was my friend from Louisiana. Okay. But she rode horses with me. My dad, uh, she asked my dad one day at Pin Oaks if we could ride horses together. And Steve and I, my boyfriend, on Saturday went sometimes and would ride with me and Joan. We both wore ponytails. She said I reminded her of her. She liked me because we had similar, we both wore ponytails, and we both rode horses. And my, uh, she asked Charlie Thomas, my stepdad, if she could have me be in her little club for girls and like okay. spinnerettes. Okay, now. But she died. I, okay, uh, I, have a, I have a question for you, so slow down for a okay. second. Slow down. When you talk about that memory of Joan and you both having your ponytails and riding horses, do you have a memory of somebody photographing you riding the horse? Uh, yeah, somewhere on the trail between uh, the horses and the, and the man. She had a black man that always took care of our horses. Yeah, somebody took post- the picture. How did you know somebody- that? I can see it when you're talking about it. Uh-huh. I can see the person at another position taking the picture of the two of you, and I see the two of you move down the trail in harmony with one another, and your horses are in sync, and you feel free. I can see it. Uh huh. So yeah, talk about talk about the feeling of freedom. How free you feel riding on the horse, being in control of this large animal. And you look beautiful, and you know it. Talk about that for just a second, and center yourself back into the memory. Okay, I'm I'm there, and in the, in the, yeah, it's mid afternoon. Okay. What about it? <laughs> okay, I, Where, I know that feeling really good. <laughs> okay, it's good, good. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Okay, where is the camera? Uh, there's a man over in the tree line because the dirt, the dirt is dark. You know, it's like uh, they put uh, – it's for horses, and it's like mm-hmm. – uh, but we're tromping along there uh, as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what 
I don't know if he was with a newspaper or who he was, but yeah, I can see him. But uh, what about it, though? What's important about that? Well, it's important because you remember being photographed, and you remember how you looked. You remember how your friend looked. You remember the road you were on. The memory is very clear. It's clear in your physical body. It's clear in your emotional body. It's clear in the sense of who you are in the relationship. It's a very clear moment, and I want you to enter it with everything you have and remember the feeling of knowing that you're photographed. Just remember yeah, I was the important and to everybody and everything, and Joan, and she was real rich, and, yeah, the spinnerettes. We were all beautiful, chosen girls. You know, we were uh-huh. clicky. We were chosen. You know, Joan chose us, and I got chosen by her like I was in – she was proud I was in the spinnerettes. But anyway, it all went to hell in a handbasket. So no, I don't no, no. Know. We're not. We're not going to concentrate on that memory. We're going to get you into a really good memory that makes you feel really powerful. And then we're going to go forward. We'll call it <laughs> all right. But I just right. be an investigator for the first time. You know, Charlie Plains. What was his name? It was. So tell me Charlie the date. Plains. Tell me the date. Uh, what? It was in the summer before I got married, or was it after? Because I did. Uh, what it is is Percy Foreman, he worked as a private investigator, and I broke my tooth. I wasn't married yet. It was all happening the same summer. Okay. Oh, my God. John Hill came to see me. Oh, uh-huh. my God. I remember him coming in the bungalow. He tried to rape. Oh, I shouldn't say that. He tried to make out with okay. me. He made the other girls leave in the bungalow at Warwick. Oh, my God. I forgot that. I remember oh now. Recovered memory. Oh, my now, God. I never had he... sex, and he knew it because of Steve. So he was in on Steve getting me pregnant or knew I was already pregnant. But I wasn't pregnant because I I was in my Ken Ken uniform, and we were doing the sheiks at the Warwick, the oil guys, you know, with, uh, uh-huh. you know, George Bush kind of, you know, Houston oil and all that. So it was uh, – Oh, my God, he came by there and ran those girls out. I remember that. Okay. And I got was he really the one, scared. Was, huh? was he the one who photographed you later? Uh, maybe so. I don't okay. th- Yeah, because we think he killed Joan. Okay. So now do you get why you wanted to push past these memories and just push Almost into the next chapter? I got raped by John, and I felt really bad for Steve. I remember him. I was in that can-can uniform, but then I wound up being an investigator on this whole case. It changed my whole life. Yeah, I okay. became an investigator for this TJ? guy for my own case. TJ? What? What? TJ, how did you get him off of you? How did you escape getting raped? I loved John. He was Joan's husband. He was gorgeous, and he was really sweet, and he right. was wealthy, and we went to his house all the time, and we partied. We went up in the uh, music room he built, you know, and we listened to also Sprock Zarathustra, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey, and yeah. uh, he played Odyssey. the baritone, right. he played the piano, and he was, uh, er, you know, he was gorgeous. He was, everybody so loved he, him. He knew, he, was, he, knew you, he knew you liked him. He knew you thought he was attractive. And he had a rapport with you, but he didn't ask you to have sex. He just was going to force himself. So this is a, a big, attractive, full-grown man. How did you get him off of you? 
we were at the he I don't know how he knew I was at the Warwick. Somehow he must how did he find out we were he must have asked Steve. How did he find out Steve and him were I, I don't want to go there, but they were me, sort of okay. lovers. Okay, let me Steve take you let me take, Let's take you through it slowly. Let's take it through really slowly because there's like you talk about it every the key word that you say when you're in pain is you say there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And you keep saying that. You keep saying, oh, there's a lot well, going on. Well, there was. There was. In my head. I had so many things going on. It was like I was it's too many too many bubbles, too many things going on. Okay. Uh, this was a big thing, but he right. before so he died, I wonder why he got see. killed. Okay, so I let think me take he, you. They, they killed okay. him because they thought down. he killed Joan. Let me, okay. let me slow let's, you down. Let's Suzanne facilitate you. Oh, you know. Okay. Oh, okay. I think this was supposed to be about. Uh, well, it doesn't matter what I thought. Nothing matters. Okay. Oh my God! Uh, how I got what him a, off of me. The bungalow no, no, no. No, is no, no, where no. you did the Teresa. dressing around the Teresa. swimming pool. What? Uh-huh. Slow back down. I'm going to take you back down. I'm going to. Okay. So here's. I'm going to give you the outline of the story, and then I'm going to take you through it one memory at a time. I don't because think it's supposed to be a sex story, though. It's like I have, we haven't even got to Roswell. <laughs> oh my CJ, God! It's fine. What? We're, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. Let it unfold. I've never dealt with as this. it's unfolding. Fine. Suzanne Fine. is excellent. Let her facilitate you. Okay. Oh go my ahead. God! Teresa, let me take you through it. So if I take you through the memory and I tell you it's okay, it's not your fault. And I was I changing clothes. Okay, wait, 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 wait. The Warwick. No, huh. Trace, wait. I'm going to outline this for you. I'm going to make you safe, and then I'm going to take you through it in a very gentle way. Your energy, if you don't understand your past with clarity, the energy remains trapped there. And when your Our energy trap. is trapped, <laughs> you, you, can, you can't get access to your authentic energy and create the movement in order to have the clarity. So here's what I feel when I feel you looking at this memory. There's three things I feel. One is is that nobody knew how old you were chronologically because you're really smart and you're tall for your age. So you didn't look like And you I was were... filled out. Yeah, I had boobies. Yeah. I was pretty. I had a good I was hourglass I had Bess Meyerson's thirty six, twenty four, thirty six at fifteen. Yeah. I remember because Fabulous. they told me that. Okay. So you're gorgeous, which is female power. You're young so remember, your energy is still growing and developing. So you also have caught the attention of people that are powerful, people that are masterful, people that are wealthy, people that are living above the law, and people that are really, really powerful in your area. So, so you are feeling special because you're a dancer and you're performing and that gives you a lot of attention. These are all really good things. But remember, people don't exactly remember how old you are. Okay? Yeah, I think I was 15. and It was just crazy what all was happening. Uh, okay. He, let's, I keep going let's, back to looking at myself in the mirror because I was changing clothes and I felt guilty. 
because uh, I've lived with that guilt all my life because they got killed. And I just okay. realized I wasn't responsible. Because how did he show up at the Warwick? How did okay. he know I was dancing at the Warwick? Okay, Hotel. so here's, here's the story. If those people had continued to be involved in influencing your life, you would not have been able to do what you were supposed to do. And the reason I took you to the place of the person photographing you is because I'm trying to bring you back to the memory where you're, you become very comfortable with the feeling of being watched. You're being watched. You've been recruited, and you're being watched. They know what you're doing. They know when you're doing it. They know who you're doing it with, and they know the why. So wow. they're not yeah. they're not directly involved with you, but they're grooming you, they're observing you, they're keeping tabs on you. So I want you to go for a position of safety and comfort with the process that I'm doing with you because it's very deep. I want you to go back to that memory where you're riding a horse and Joan is in front of you. You both got your ponytails, you both have your beautiful, powerful horses, and you're riding. There's a deep sense of power and freedom. And there's a reflected piece of light in the tree line, and you realize that that's the man who photographs you. You don't feel danger. You don't feel afraid. You just observe him. I want you to go back to that memory of where you see him, and you know who he is and what he's doing, and it's okay to look at that memory now. I don't think I know who he is. Uh, it's like that show. He had a, a. It was a hot day, and he had a trench coat on, a khaki trench coat, a London Fog kind of. I don't know. Okay. I couldn't. I don't know why he's got a London Fog coat on, but uh, I thought he was like a newspaper reporter. Is what I wanted to say. I thought maybe we we're going to be in a magazine, Texas Monthly, okay. or something. I okay. thought we were going to be. Maybe we were. I don't know. Maybe we're on. Okay. I don't know. Not, I think he was just a photographer. Let's not let's not say I don't know. Let's let's set that aside for a second. Let's become I don't know. calm. I, th- I think I think I told my mom I was going to be in Texas <laughs> Monthly. I don't let's know. I can't calm. remember. I let's look at the memory. But why it is it important to you? I don't get it. It's because it's a point of awareness, and you do know the answer, and it's really okay. It's an well, okay thing. Well, I remember thing. talking to Percy Foreman. And uh, there was a lot of questions he was asking me, but I got lost because I was scared because of uh, John Hill and my husband had a secret, and I didn't know that what they were doing, and I didn't understand it. I swear to God, I didn't think about all this until I was like, I remember when I woke up about children and my husband. In my 20s, after I'd had my fourth child and I wanted to leave my husband. And that's okay. when he confessed to me, but I could go back and put these pictures together where John Hill, that guy with the photographer you're talking about, and they met at that sirloin inn close to the. Uh, me, Steve, and he, we had to be at this place at a certain time. Now, he was still alive, he hadn't been killed. But there were pictures and stuff, like you said, changing place. Steve met with him, and we were we had to be there early and sit at the restaurant. And then John met with another woman, which wasn't Joan. And I was like, what the? 
I remember as a teenager, and I remember I was dumb about sex and all that. I was a virgin, and it, nobody had, I mean, I just knew I, was, I loved my boyfriend. But him and John, he was with another woman. So Steve was in on something with John. Later on, that's when I told you I wake up after having all these kids, and I realized John and him were, you know, when they were playing that music, had me sitting up in the music room before he was killed. They were doing men things, you know, in the where they kept all the records. He, they had these okay. doors, and you go in. So I'm putting my life together, and I don't want to be married anymore. So okay, that's when I realized Tim and John. Oh my God, you know, what I mean, it, 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 he sort of confessed, and, and I know. I'm like, oh okay. my God. So let's slow this down. I've never let's told him. What happened to John trying to pull my can-can, you know, where I was changing clothes? And uh, I just, uh, he pushed me down on this looking chair that has, uh, like, I have one in the living room where there's a rocking chair and the, uh, it comes out. It was like one of these settees where you can sit up and lay your legs on. He pushed mm-hmm. me down on it. And I remember because we had fluffy can-can skirts on and uh, he we were supposed to be changing clothes, and the girls and I, we were in the mirror, me and two other girls, and we were taking our makeup off and fixing to change clothes when we heard a knock on the companion door. So that thought is stuck in my head. But see, okay. John and Steve, all this time, remember going Vietnam War, me riding with Joan, John, uh, Joan dies, then John dies. And all this is tied in, and I've always felt guilty. I never told Steve or anybody that he tried. I thought he was trying to he was trying to make out with me, you know. But uh, right. Janet's right. right. Uh, he came up over me and, and sort of pushed me down this lace thing. And I'm like, what? how broad is that? Because the girl, I mean, duh. But I think he liked, he was sort of a strange person. He liked doing it in public places, you know, with Teenagers like Steve or me, it didn't matter. But I wasn't okay, going to so go there. Teresa, uh-huh. talk what? to me about where you feel the pain. Do you feel emotional pain? Do you feel psychological pain? No, I'm in shock because I never, I felt guilt. I never told Steve that his good friend, that our good friend, was trying to make out with me and almost mm-hmm. got away with it. I felt okay. guilt, but I never told Steve. But later on, when I get mad because I've had four kids and you know, he's quit NASA, and he's working for U.S. Homes, and we go to Acapulco, and I'm having – anyway, I just – i got to get out of this because it's t- – I can't deal anymore. I can't deal. I can't deal. So uh, we go to a shrink, and tell us to rip the cord, and we move to Birmingham, and I go to the university in Alabama, and, you know, I'll become an investigator, a full-blown have my own company, issued confidential investigative reports. That's okay. what the ACIRs okay. are. But okay. that, now, that okay. gets into Reagan – and the shooting yep. Reagan, I was in on that too. Okay, go okay. ahead. So, so, okay, wait, wait, so, wait. We're going too fast, TJ. You just led us through 20 years. Come on, let's go back to the 60s. Well, how long is this radio show? I'm going to take her to the important point. I promise, Janet. I got it. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I promise, okay. Janet. Okay. But what go. about Karen and Deborah? Okay, they, they, don't, Stop. they hadn't got That's to okay. tell their stories. Teresa, I'm gonna pose. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a, a question for you because you've done really well. So I, I got a question I'm for very you that I'm uncomfortable. I, I have to be honest. I'm very uncomfortable in my own so skin right now. So okay, so let's let's talk about something else for a minute because you're doing really good. 
We'll talk about something else. I started getting angry. <laughs> good, good, good. That means we're on the right we're on the right path. But it's okay. So here's here's the disconnect. Okay, here's okay. why. This is why you feel uncomfortable. This is why you feel disconnected. So all the time that these problems have started to come up, you know, not not you know somebody using you to get out of the the Vietnam War and using you to have children so he doesn't get called to service. And then and, he's having sex with John Hill. Right, which would hurt any human being on the planet. I knew it, but I wouldn't admit it to myself. I felt, I remember sitting in that room and all alone, and they'd leave me 20 or 30 minutes during that also sprock, you know, the 2001 Space Odyssey, which we went with right. NASA and saw the movie. It was a big deal. And them leaving me there and just going inside where all those record vinyls were, you know, all the stacks. And having, and having and sex having real sex. quick. But right. I didn't know it at the time. I was dumb as a rock, but I realized all it, – it, I mean, at some conscious level I knew because I was smart. But right. I just couldn't imagine it because I didn't know what oral sex was, first of all. I never mm-hmm. had it, and nor did I do it. So we didn't do that back then. He never asked me to do that, so I didn't know it was a thing. So I had okay. that guilt. I'm carrying all this sex guilt because it was with John. But John right. tried to do that, but I would never tell him because that was his buddy and my buddy, but it was Joan's husband, but I was more Joan's friend than I was John. It, and, yeah, none of that's nobody. That's never been revealed. That's, that's all never been resolved. It's like one of those okay. uh, Weinstein things. Forty years later, 50 years later, the girls tell all, you know. Okay. It's one of those things. Right. Which so you're doing I'm really admitting to myself, my God. I know, but I'm not and it's happy. Difficult. I know yeah, you're I'm not, not happy. happy right but now. I'm going to give you. Angry. I'm, I, I, I would too. But I'm going to give you the happy. <laughs> I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the happy information. Okay. Okay. The happy information is is that for whatever reason, because you're so talented, because you're so smart, what happened was is that the government kept an eye on your situation, and that is like part of your story. So, yeah, but my husband was working at NASA, so he was in the control room when men stepped on the moon. You know, that's uh, where I pick up with Dirk Vanderplug. That's my first story I write for Dirk, you know, in Canada, the UFO okay. story in 2007. Okay, so let's take so. you back for a second. Here's your point of empowerment. Although you, although you didn't feel as if you were knowledgeable about what relationships entailed as far as sexual contact between a man and a man and a woman and a man, you were protected because the government had a plan for you and they kept an eye on you no matter where you were or what you were doing. They were keeping a close eye on you. And the feeling you have inside of yourself that you're special and that you're protected and nothing really bad can happen to you comes from that chapter where you knew that somebody was always close by keeping an eye on you. Well, yeah, I always knew I was being watched. Yeah, but that's a God thing, isn't it? The high source that you never <laughs> do anything because somebody's always <laughs> watching you. No, it's because in your circumstances specifically, it's because you know that you're being observed. And you got they intentionally did it that way. So you would become comfortable with being observed. Oh, yeah, the Secret Service introduced me. All I said is I want to meet George Bush. Voila. 
I said, I want to meet Ronald Reagan. Voila. So, yeah, somebody was watching me because I could just say something and they'd do it. I got to meet okay. President Reagan. I got to meet President Bush. So now what I, I need you to do it. is I need you to concentrate on that feeling of becoming, because the first time that you become comfortable with that sensation is when you're on the horse and you're with Joan and you see no, the No, actually, it's the first time was when I'm in the car with Tom, with Steve, in my driveway at my house, and I do an ESP on him to see if it works. So that's when I first felt empowered of psychically. Or, uh, we're, not, we're, talking, we're talking about the government observing you and keeping track of your activities. Oh, okay. So I'm supposed to remember all that now, or what? What's the you deal? Can, you can remember it, and the reason you don't want to remember it is because We've just talked about a lot of stuff that's really uncomfortable material, but it's still okay well, yeah, material. Well, because he was part of it. They, he was always in the government, too. He always okay. worked for the government. After NASA, okay. of course, he worked for Rust Engineering, and then he went out doing contracts. And then Tom did, too. Yeah, and okay. my aunt did, too. I mean, they worked with the Shah of Iran here in Florida and Air Force. So, okay. I, but, yeah, I was always comfortable with the government. But is that an issue, or that's just the theme you're it's running? A, no, it's a, 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 an important point because <clears throat> they had to create a dynamic with you where you felt comfortable with them observing and recording your activities. So oh, yeah, even you, when I was driving a truck, people would show up and take pictures of me you know, through the – I was, yeah. It always seemed like it was a dirty old guy in a trench coat, though. It reminds me of that that character. That uh, okay. what was that? Remember that guy on TV that was all he was always talking to a little short dude with a cigar. There, yeah, exactly. That's the picture I get. Yeah, one of those guys. There's always some little exactly Janet. Good job. Okay. That's what I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some okay. little guy like that sneaking around taking Who's pictures of you. So, yeah, yeah, that was good hit. Good hit. Really yeah, good. it just gives me that creeps. But yeah, I've always had one of those. Even even if I walk out the door now, there'll be, you know, if I fly on a plane, there's extra cop. Or, you know, okay. I don't know. It's just weird. They keep track of you. So yeah, we're we're trying to get uh, a, to a good point in this thing. We have like thirty minutes about. So let's so let's okay, but what was the you. issue of being We're doing this chronologically. Suit. So so don't don't ask any questions, TJ. Just just answer, because okay, well, I, I'm going to do it next week, and, and Deborah okay, next okay. week can care well, next week, but I'm going to take turns. You start remembering stuff uh, in your that's, timeline. That's why it's you, called the hot seat, TJ. That's why okay. it's called the hot seat. But when you come out the other side, you will be free. Okay, that's Suzanne. She's brilliant. I wish I would have known you 20 years ago, Suzanne. You're amazing. <laughs> Back to you, Suzanne. Well, good for Suzanne. <laughs> Oh, well, you got to remember, Janet, people, in the back of my head, I'm sort of freaking out because we're just talking like we're not recording this. But this was supposed to be my radio show tonight. It's okay, TJ. Great, so everybody knows me. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, okay, TJ. This is the fun story in Hollywood. This is going to be the movie behind the movie. But let Suzanne do this. Oh, my God. It's going to be a good sex show. (laughs) Okay, you got it. Okay, first of all, 
you don't, you, I mean, you and I have met a few times in some phone calls and stuff like that, so you don't really know me, so it really is a trust issue I at the moment. I saw you on video. It's like knowing you on the, I saw you on the screen. Your hair okay. flowing through the house. I'm seeing this huge <laughs> home you live in with all the beautiful pictures, Aww. your husband's art. But you looked okay. You're an old lady, so am I. No, I'm an so. old lady with no makeup in my pajamas all afternoon <laughs> with you on the phone. Absolutely. But, yeah, no, so, I trust you. I, but I trusted okay. your voice. You and Karen have that higher soul, you know, your godly, saintly ET stuff going on. I don't, it's a vibration, a voice okay. thing, intonation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, very so, few, I don't let anybody in. I'm a precog that lives in my bedroom. <laughs> I don't let people around me. <laughs> okay. We're okay. as close so, as we get. <laughs> as close as I get is through this telephone line. That's right. So the the objective here. Okay. So first of all, let's let's do a little uh, reality check. You're in your home in your bedroom. That's right. You're at the end, my you're kitty, at the end of a my phone kitty's line. My kitty's on my shoulder. Karen took That's a picture right. of me. She's my new friend. She said, okay. let me take a picture so she knows I live alone and I've got a little kitty. She took a picture and sent it to me. I didn't like the picture. God, I'm ugly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe how old. Oh, my God. Hey. Don't you hate getting old? But anyway, we're all right. Right. You, you look great, to, You look wonderful. I'm gonna, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get her into the comfort zone. we got to get more done here. I am. Yes, okay. Please. Okay, I got to get her in the comfort zone first. So, so you have to realize you're in charge of your surroundings here, Teresa. Okay? It's okay. And you actually you actually don't have to give details here. So, I want you to take and go to the next most So, we've gone through a lot of history here. But the most important piece to my way of thinking is the fact that they have they figured out a way to be part of your life without you you feeling as if you're being invaded or anything else like that. No, okay. I don't mind. I mean, uh, I, I don't get what that thread that you're working on is important. Or, I mean, other than me remembering John Hill getting over me in the bungalow, that's the only big hit I got out of it. But and then I don't John get what, I don't get and the John. hot seat of what we're supposed to be doing. I guess okay, I... So this- does I've John get killed? Game. <laughs> does, does John get killed? Who? Does John get killed? Yes. Okay. So the reason that you know you become more involved in the government process is is that that person uh, could very easily derail your purpose. with John after he supposedly killed Joan, my best friend. My first adult best friend that rode horses with me from Louisiana. Okay. We Who, died? Who died? Joan first? dies first. Okay. Joan dies. I, I know her room and everything. They had gold on the... They were wealthy. Okay. I mean, they built that... PJ, PJ. What? PJ, slow down. How does Joan die? Slow that down and, and say it as if you're saying it now. It's like it's happening now. What happened? Uh... Joan dies. You want me to tell the truth, or you want me to tell what I think? What you think All and you feel is the truth. What you feel. Or you want me to tell you what was in yeah. the book? Or no, the movie? I want you to. No, I want no. you to tell us what you feel is the truth. What you feel is the actual truth. John uh, took feces and uh, he killed her, and I don't know why. Sorry, I'm sorry. That is tragic. 
I am so sorry, Teresa. I know, because I loved him, and I loved his son, Robin. Robin was just a little kid. That was their son. And his mama was like a Seventh-day Adventist, but I loved his mom and Robin. And Anyway, it was a big family thing, and he messed it all up. And then I had to be the investigator on the case. And what did you investigate? John, and uh, but then he got and why, killed. Uh, and why did he uh, kill? Why did John Percy, kill Joan? Are you there, TJ? Uh, hold on. Let's see. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you now. Oh yeah, perfect. Thank you. We can hear you. So uh, Percy John, Ford, why did John Percy kill Joan? Gave me a job because of uh, Percy was took my case because I against the Warwick, so they'd pay for my tooth. Because okay. when I danced, me and this girl kicked, and I fell on my face, and hmm. uh, during rehearsal for the sheik, the sheiks and stuff, but they were coming in. But uh, Percy took my case, but then when John died, I was all freaked out. But he had me come to his office and shit. But uh, Percy, I don't know, Percy uh, used that guy. Newton knew about it because I, I ran to Newton's house. Newton was the attorney I worked for. I don't know, it's a big scandal. I don't know if I'm supposed to say all that. Why? It was, uh, it's, been, it's been 50 years, Because they made movies and books about it. <laughs> 50 People years got later, ripped off of it. It's, it's uh, 50 years later, and it's your story. So place yourself inside yeah, but the story. I don't think it was... I don't understand how I got here from we were going to do a radio show. Janet said I was going to be in the hot seat, but I doesn't didn't matter. understand. It, you're, you're in the hot seat. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we got here. Let Suzanne ask questions and give shorter answers, TJ. Let her ask more questions, shorter it, answers. Go ahead. Is this show over yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is it? Okay. Teresa. I don't watch this game. We're at the Warwick Hotel. You got your you got your tooth knocked out, and um, that person who helped you get the money to get your tooth repaired becomes yeah, the person. attorney. He uses it's you. He's got to sue Warwick. But then okay. he makes me do no, the no case. Over, wait, TJ, okay. TJ, stop right. talking over to and asking the question. Let her oh, ask okay. him the full. Let her ask the full question. Then she'll say, "Okay, now answer." Okay, go ahead. Try that again, please. Okay. okay so sorry. here we are. We're at the we're at the Warwick Hotel, and you had an accident. You told me with this girl, and you got your front tooth knocked out. And this attorney represents you, and then he later uses you to become an investigator. Okay, which is incredibly bizarre because you're still a <laughs> child yourself. And so that story is so surreal, but nobody looks at you and thinks, "Oh, you look like a child. You look like you look like a mature young woman." I look you like know? I'm 23. They guess me right. 23, 24 all the time. Okay. I never was carded. My mother used to take me to clubs, and I was never carded. Okay, good. At 15, now, 16, she drank. Now, <laughs> now he takes and he uses you as an investigator, and he has you investigate what? Uh, what was going on? Let's see, Charlie. What was his name? It wasn't Charlie, though. We, we called him Charlie because of Charlie's Angels later, because uh, we did the the. Uh, there was some jewels missing in Las Vegas, and they he told the story at the bar, and they picked it up, 
and took it and made a television series out of it. But he used some girls, and I was the youngest one. But uh, okay. what did he do? He uh, used this song whenever they – I got pregnant for a few months in between. But at the time before I was married, what am I blocking? There's some part of this that's not there. I don't know. Uh, it was uh, 1915 South Shepherd, and Newton had his office down there. So Newton Schwartz, Percy Foreman. Newton represented Percy Foreman in the tax audit, Percy Foreman's mm-hmm. tax. So Newton and Percy knew each other, and then they worked in the same office. Newton hires me. I'm working for Newton. I don't know. All this, these attorneys that – now, Newton was a U.S. attorney, state, and he was Air Force. Okay. I don't know how that goes together, but he was Percy Foreman. Percy, my grandma, I thought my my grandma asked me who the most important attorney was in Houston because she was going to see the hell out of of them. So my grandmother called Percy. This is how I think Percy got in my life when I broke my tooth. My grandmother was madder than hell. She was a big la-di-da in all those women Eastern star and and introduced me to the governor in Louisiana and all that. But she was Esther Bolton, so... She okay, called Percy. Anyway, I wanted Percy was important. He uh, he was really powerful. He loved me. I loved him. He had sixteen. He gave me all his money and was going to marry me and gave me all these cars. He, he was real rich. He gave okay, me cool. everything. Cool. Really, <laughs> a, really a cool, really really a cool story. So, um, thing that's really important there in that piece is that just when it seems like something bad happens to you, somebody else in your life steps forward, provides you with the necessary connection with an individual who supports you and gives you the information to handle the next piece of information. So it's kind of I kind of feel bad that they didn't protect you better in some of the emotional issues and they did a really good job at giving you opportunity and experience and connecting with powerful people. So one of the feelings that happens at this point in time in this conversation is that you get really comfortable with being around powerful people. Well, of course. It was fun. They had beautiful mansions and drove big cars, and it just looked like the life I'd like to have. Cool. Really cool. It was the fifties and the sixties, you know. It was, uh, you know, but I wanted cool. to be, uh, I wanted to be a policewoman, you know. I wanted to be Angie Dickinson. <laughs> okay, good. So, what's the first case that he has you investigate? You're working as a uh, private investigator. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. I remember his name is not Charlie. What is his name? Plains. Is it plain? No, that's the guy in Chicago. Oh my God, that's when I got my certificate. That's that's who trained me in uh, personnel. That's who trained me with law enforcement uh, guns, uh, okay. weapon training. Charlie Plains. That's Chicago, Illinois, Great Lakes. Why is okay. that becoming the guy, the investigator? Jesus. Okay, okay. so now I'm getting men and uh, law enforcement, PI, and blocking something. Let's see. Percy Foreman, Grandma. Let's see, Danny. Yeah. 
I'm trying to go back in my brain to a location. You know how you do? I'm trying to do it in my brain, like create the video in my head going back to. I remember so being at the private investigator's office. I remember so let's go to the office. Thompson. Jerry let's Thompson gave me a Cadillac. He ran all the Burger Kings. So okay. Jerry Thompson was involved. Teresa, let's go to the uh-huh. office. Let's sit in the office. And I see yeah. a leather chair that you sit in. You sit in a leather chair, and there's a leather couch, and there's a beautiful desk. What happens in the office? Uh, uh, whoever the guy is, I don't remember his name now. Buddy Hanson? Was it Buddy Hanson? Private Eye. Anyway, the Private Eye, that, he was talking to Percy Foreman, but I didn't know it at the time. But he said, how would you like to meet Percy Foreman? I said, I already know him. He says, uh-uh, you don't know him. And he had an argument with me about who I was. And I felt disenfranchised, but I was a kid. But he okay. didn't know how old I was. But okay. uh, he thought I was coming there for a job. He says, Are, you're coming. I walked. I don't know how I got the door, but he thought I was in, applying for a job. He thought I was like 23 or 30, but anyway, but uh, he didn't believe my story, but he, he said, have you got time? And then uh, he he was talking to person. you won't believe this, and blah, blah, and this, and I walked in. Some other guy was there, and he thought I was applying for a job because he had two other girls, and he had a, a thing. Anyway, he was looking for another girl. So he thought, he said, Percy, I don't know. Anyway, it was a thing where he, it was like two and by four he took me to Percy's office to prove that Percy knew me. So okay. uh, it didn't make any sense to him. He thought I was some chick applying for a job, and I had to go to his office, but I don't know who sent me there. Or if I was choosing to, oh, I think I was going to hire a private investigator on Jones' death. I think okay. that's, I was going to see how much it was to hire a private investigator, I think. But he thought I was applying for a job, but he he was on the phone and Percy or something, but I think Percy heard my name. I don't know how it happened, but somehow coincidental, I wound up at I think it was 1915 South Shepherd, but it was on South Shepherd Westheimer. I was at that, but I don't know if I was hiring him or he was hiring me or, but somehow he he asked me to uh, leave my car there and go with him to Percy Foreman's office, but I was. Hadn't thought about being a private investigator, but somehow he thought I was applying for the job, so I took it. But okay. he hired me because Percy. He took me to Percy Foreman, and Percy Foreman said, "Yeah, I know her." Uh, okay. But he didn't Good. know how he knew me. But I was okay. his. Uh, he thought I was uh, Percy Foreman's private investigator because he hired him. So when he said, "That's all I need to know," but he. Uh, so I don't know what job, but I was hired because. He took me to Percy, and Percy said, yeah, I know her. But I don't think Percy okay. told him how he knew me, but it didn't matter because they were all in the office, right? Okay. And anyway, There's this got accepted I was a private eye. So that's how I became a private eye. Okay, good. Interesting story because you wanted to take and find out what the mystery was of Joan. Joan, of, yeah, who killed Joan. Right. But inside of yourself, you already had a good idea who had killed Joan. But I wasn't going to be the investigator. I was just a kid. But, yeah, I think I went to hire him. But he thought, okay. I don't know how that happened. That's interesting. I've never thought about that before. I've never had a reason to think about it. 
Okay. You, you understand? There's no. Why should I care how I became a private investigator? But that's right. really. I was it's called a happened. PI, and I was cool. That was cool. I had a it was job. really cool. <laughs> okay. So here's here's a thought. Here's just a thought. We're just looking at it. And it's good material. Is there any way that you could see that the government wants to keep their eye on you, and so they give you a job, and then they can observe you, and they can discover what your talent is, what your capability is, how you work, and how you think? I don't know. I don't think they work that way. I think this – I don't think the government had anything to do with John and Joan. I don't think – I think those are two different time uh, threads or something. I, I don't know. I've never okay. put any. Why am I? I don't think those two stories go together personally. In okay. my, I don't feel it. Like, I think that was, I think that was an accident. I think I was mad, or I don't know. I think I really was mad that Joan got killed because she was my friend. We rode right. horses and we swam together, and we, she was, she took interest in me, and she was lonely, and she was, she thought John was playing around on her. Oh God, he was. I mean, he was. I know, but they right. were married. I remember saying, killed? "But y'all were married." I told you. What happened? That John, How did she get killed? Did they? Well, to tell you the truth, nobody really knows. Mama said, uh, "Mama was in the hospital a lot then, and with Joan. Joan and her were friends, and Mama, Mama got to know Joan because I was spending time riding horses with her. Right, Mama." And uh, Charlie, my stepfather, that gave her permission, and then I was seeing Steve, and Steve would go on Saturday. So that's just what we did. That's what we did. But somehow Mama said, Mama, what did Mama say? She talked to Grady Hallman's wife. Mama was a writer. Mama had to do the story on the heartbeats with Denton, with with Cooley, Denton Cooley. I went to that Denton's house. He had real pretty girl uh, daughters. Denton Cooley was a heart surgeon with the right. Bakey. Denton Cooley. Right. And uh, Mama and uh, uh, Grady Hallman's wife, Martha, were talking. You know how women talk? Mm-hmm. And they were hiding me. Mama and uh, Grady Hallman's wife, Martha, were hiding me. Uh, why were they hiding me? That's a good question. Uh, oh, I think that must be when they were writing the book or something. I don't know. I don't remember, but I don't even know what the question was. Now I'm lost. What, what no, was the question? You're, you're good. You're good. You're doing really good. It's an but interesting. But I don't remember stuff. I don't. I didn't know this was. I don't know why is this important again. I don't get it. Okay, let me explain it to you. Let's take a breather for don't a second. Don't worry about it. So, so here's here's the over picture. Is is that. My feeling and looking at your memories and looking at what's going on in your life, if you when you tell your story, it, it sounds it sounds unbelievable, but when you look yeah, at the is. story, when you look at the story as part of a process of where the government is keeping track of you and grooming you in order to take and put you into a position, and for them to learn about your talent. Then you look at the position of, of the wealthy people that you meet, and and you look at all of the um, connections and opportunities and your education, then it really makes sense. Because there is no way that they could teach you these things about life 
but they could set up opportunities where you could learn and they could find out what you were made of. So all I don't think stuff. they did that. I think you're going way out there, but I, that's cool. It sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's wrapped like that I with mean, a pretty bow, but okay. <laughs> I just had a whole bunch of. I I, I think there's something a lot on that stuff. line. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I I think there's something on the of, of that level, and that you're you have so many pieces you haven't pushed up, and running out of time. So we're going to continue this down Thank the God. line. I'd like to give. Uh, I'd hey, like to take TJ off me, the hot seat. Let me let me wrap let's her up, do, okay? Let's just Janet. ask you one final question. Okay, wrap her up. Let me wrap, wrap her up. up. Go ahead. Okay. So so the point of empowerment is is that you you experienced wealth, you experienced intelligence, you experienced power, you experienced being special, you experienced being connected to a community. There's a lot of power in what you experienced as a really, really young teenage woman. I mean, you were just a child, really, and you experienced so much. I mean, it was really intense, Um and it really changed how you feel things and how you see things. So it was an intense, intense experience, and it is an incredible story. It really is powerful. Yeah, that's just one one or two years. <laughs> that's right. But, and yeah, I, don't, look, I never even thought that was part of my story. Uh, but it's, uh, And I don't really think the government had anything to do with it. I mean, other than okay. asking me if I wanted to work for them. But okay. uh, I can sort of that's see a, your point, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I know I feel real uncomfortable, embarrassed, but you know this is this is on the radio. Did every? I mean, and Karen and Deborah didn't. They showed up and didn't even get to do anything. It's not fair. <laughs> it's okay, dear. We're gonna all have our turns. Um, well, yeah. I, I want to be next week. I'm yeah, be good. Susanna, <laughs> come back again. I don't. I'll go on and then. Uh, Deborah, do you want to go the following week, or, or, or Karen, who wants to go the following week? I, I want to hear how they had sex in high school. <laughs> Everybody gets to tell when the they were a virgin. I any, okay. I can tell you when I was a virgin. I think uh, Deborah will, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we were a I modern woman. Because I didn't know <laughs> I was going to do that. I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm sorry. Radio material. You know, hey, when women get together, talk about how we had sex. You, 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 that material, we walked into that material. I certainly didn't expect to walk into that piece of material, Teresa. And it's your material that I walked into that that's, now that that's cleared up, you'll be amazed how much of your energy is freed up. It's huge. You work Yeah, I know how to just say he slid it in. I never said that. He just slid it in. (laughs) (laughs) What's your introduction to sex? I don't know. He slid it in. Do you what? do you realize how many important details came out that you never even considered before or thought of? No, I just know it feels. My skin's on fire. I feel like I got. Uh, I, don't, I really feel like I've been raked over the coals because I've been. I mean, I've enjoyed asking people questions and finding stuff out, but you don't just do it like we we're, we're doing. Me, I don't. I feel like I'm on. One of those shows, interrogator, but, and those cops, you know, good cop, bad cop. No, no, like no, I'm no, in one of those interrogation rooms. Teresa, you have the Roswell story, which is what we're trying to get to. 
And that well, story, as amazing as this story is, that story <laughs> is way more amazing. But we're trying to figure out how it's connected. You think your life is a series of random events, and there is nothing random about anything that happened into your life. Do you understand that? No, not at all. I think it's all synchronicity, serendipity kind of stuff. I no, sister. No, 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 no. Well, that's how other people, yeah. but I had to live it. So this I just is way know beyond I, random just, probability. It is? Look at this. Yeah, this is, is way beyond. I thought it was funny there was movies being made of people around me. I did think that was strange. Wow, people get movies made around me. Teresa, you need to take some B-complex when you get off the phone. So, TJ, we've got to wrap this up. So let's go. Let Deborah say her final words, but Karen, then we'll see them with me. And, uh, okay, and then, so, uh, we'll TJ, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, like in, I'm, like, enthralled. Like, I could listen to this for another two hours. Like, seriously. No, thank you. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. You're, you're not it, – it's you being on the hot seat is educating us about this situation because when yeah, you got too. off the phone, one, one of the things Karen and I talked about last week is that all of us, are, have been brought together for a reason, right? Oh, and we're all yeah. in this, and and we're all in this esoteric part of our lives. And yeah, there's so many things about us that we have in common. It's not. This isn't a coincidence. This is no. not synchronicity. Right. No, she's right? in Dallas, and, and that's where I met my husband. And you, you went to the high school, and we played. I grew up in Houston. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, I, I can relate to everything you're saying. Hey, I've got something else to tell you. I know Buddy Hanson. No way. I swear <laughs> to God. No way. I was friends with some of his investigators right before I moved to California. There is no way in hell. So that's his name? Yes. Yes, his, that's his real name. Buddy Hanson was his real killed, name. And he got killed, didn't he? He got killed, right? He he had a very, very famous private detective agency. Like, his detective agency, if you wanted the work done, that was the agency you went to. And if you knew his private detectives, you would never know they were private detectives. Yeah, that was we were uh, undercover. We were like the real Charlie's. He told yes, me we were yes, the real yes, Charlie's yes, Angels. Yes, 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 he yes, was yes, mad. yes, yes, yes. And he got killed yes. over his story, I think. But they said he had a heart attack. I called his wife. I didn't know he was killed. So when I called, I called, you know, Sarah, talking about you know him. I called at a real weird time. Again, somehow he died, but I happened to call his wife or the day that it happened. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I just, I don't know. God had planned it Teresa, that way. Teresa, so, your life has not, been a, has not been a series of random events, and you have chalked it up to that. You have chalked your whole life up to a series of random events, and you've never dwelled on any of this much. It just didn't make sense. You're actually connecting the dots that you don't even really realize are connected as you're telling this story. Well, it was a lot of life. We, I knew I was doing a lot of life, but I was very active. But I was in the right place at the right time. But I didn't like, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it is odd, though, that some, I don't know. All right, well, it's not comfortable, though. It's not, I'll be honest, it's not uh, comfortable. That's uh, the hot seat. 
we yeah, need to get the rest real. of the story because it's important. Because one of the I didn't get to finish what Karen and I were saying. Roswell what? is the beginning of all of this for all of us. Right. Roswell is the beginning of the turn for humanity. That was okay. the beginning. That was the beginning of all of the events. Everything that's happening. Everything connected to the ETs, everything about the ascension, all of it began with Roswell. That's what woke up the world. Okay, so that's a touchstone or a key event or a, a epoch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse Marcel Jr. or the third uh, told me, Please, uh, never forget Roswell. Keep Roswell in the story. So, uh it was important right. enough for him because he lost his father or something. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I had somebody go by and take pictures. I got some pictures of the museum. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was odd when I had to go talk to so Glenn. So I'm going to give Karen a moment to talk because we're going to get kicked off the show pretty soon. Uh, Karen, okay. uh, we're, we're off live, but we're, being, we're recorded. Karen, what would you like to say? Tell you fair, we'd let you talk. Well, I, of course, I've been thinking. I've been in, in, I've been really absorbed in this, so I don't know. I don't have anything to say. I think it's fantastic, and uh, you know, both of you guys have done great. Uh, TJ, you've done fabulous, and you, I could really well, feel your energy with it. And it's something to be said. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to be directed to truth. It's going to help a lot of people. That's what I'm in hell, but okay. (laughs) That's cool. Suzanne, the way Suzanne, Suzanne, the way you ask questions is awesome. Oh, thank you. It is great. Yeah, Suzanne, thanks for helping. But Suzanne, you got to admit, we had no clue what we were doing when we started this today, did we? No, we had no idea. I I I knew what I knew what was going on. Suzanne, I I could feel you. I can feel your intelligence. When I gave that induction about we're going to do the hot seat, I, you took it and like you've been doing it all your life. This is a process that was invented uh, in the '60s by the right. by the more university well, out of California, <laughs> and then it came to it came to Hawaii. <laughs> Dr. Lesson brought them to Hawaii, and it made a whole movement all over the entire world. People know hot seat. And so it does feel hot because you're in there, but you're really retrieving the lost pieces of your soul. And Suzanne, you're a, an expert at it, and I just I couldn't have done oh, better. Yeah. I mean, actually, I'm kind of too triggered oh, because I've been working with TJ yeah, since you were very 2012, good. and I have been praying and meditating and doing everything on a spiritual level to pull this together so we can do this. I think this is the group, but I'm getting goosebumps. So whenever I get that, it's true. We are going to break the story for all of humanity, for all creation, to transform us, to pull us into the golden age of the dawn of Aquarius, or however you symbol it. I, I really am appreciative of, of all of you because we couldn't have done it without all of our energy yeah. gathered. gathering. It's like Jesus, the gathering in your name. We're gathered in this, this focus of, of creating disclosure and clearing these mysteries for all of us because we need these answers. And so... Um, I'm, I'm inviting everybody to come back next week. Though. I do want you to well, say something, Suzanne. Uh, so th- well, don't worry about it. You're gonna, TJ, okay. when you go to sleep, you're going to get answers for all the questions you're asking. So, Suzanne, wrap it up. 
Um, well, go ahead. Well, so, so, TJ, first thing is that when you get off the phone, you've got to take and eat a really good meal and take some B-complex in order to support your nervous system. And then you just have to take and try and do some ordinary activities because um, the information sort of unfolds over the next few days, about three or four days. My body feels weird. I just feel weird. I feel it's a lot of energy that I'm not accustomed to. It's like a, I don't know, I just don't, I feel, it's almost, it's not anxious, it's different. It's like, oh, I just feel weird. My whole body all over, it's like, Right. I almost feel like I want to explode. I don't know what it is, but anyway, I don't think it's very much well, fun. The it, it, it isn't it's fun, the but the results are profound. The, the results are lasting, and they assist you, and they take away physical trauma. But you do need to eat a really good meal and take some vitamins, and you'll feel much better immediately after you do that. But you know what? Next week, it's Janet in the hot seat, and Teresa, you're the one sitting outside watching. Yeah, so Saturday, but I can <laughs> right. do Saturday and Sunday. I'm gonna I'm gonna do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But I've got to decide what we're gonna talk about. But I don't think we should talk about me. I mean, it's okay. TJ Marcy's <laughs> radio show, but it's supposed well, to be about other people. Okay. Well, let me say one thing. I don't think the story's finished, TJ. I think there's a lot more. I think we're just kind of getting in there. We've leveled it all. It's very clear, and there's a lot. We're just now getting up on some good stuff, and you're going to feel wonderful because this has been uh, done very well by both of you guys. And there's more to come. Is this what we're supposed to all forward be to? Is this what we're doing now or something? Because I don't get it. Yes, yes. I mean, TJ, you don't have to get it. Just allow it allow the answer to come. You don't have to get it. You're trying to process with your intellect and this is a spiritual thing. So just allow. Now this process is going to take each of us. We're like uh you ever see a book where you have five characters and they're all telling their story, but then it ties in together at the end. So we're gonna start I'll I don't know, I didn't watch friends. I will model uh sitting on a hot seat. And it will get hot. It gets hot for everybody, okay? And then we're going to go yeah. through whoever's next, Karen or Deborah, and then we'll finish that, and we'll do Suzanne, because we're well, all going to learn how to facilitate. First of all, TJ, let me finish this. I'm trying to wrap it up, uh, because we've got to stop talk, cross-talking. It's one thing we've got to stop. You let the facilitator ask the question. Take a couple breaths so you think about your answer. So it's not just top of your head. And then answer. Because we're going to slow this down and get the story. Remember you said to me earlier, imagine meeting with a reporter, and he's asking you, like little big man, tell us oh, the story okay. of your life. Not like only flawless. Oh, okay. Are we going to do flawless? So I anyway, haven't seen it. But, yeah, that lady I don't even know what flawless is. is. I have no idea what flawless more. is. I know little she tells big her man. story. She's, okay. she's been in prison 40 All years. Right. She tells her story about stealing okay. a diamond. She's and Demi Moore's wearing all this makeup. All right. and we don't have to wear the makeup. So <laughs> all four of us. Yeah, we're not going to do flawless. We're, we're going to tell our story. We're going to do. We're going to do Janet, Janet, Teresa, Deborah, Karen, and Suzanne. We're going to do our story. The, okay. the, un, the untold story of five women who have keys to the universal consciousness. Okay. So we're doing that story, which is more important than Demi Moore stealing a dime or something. Oh, there's so, five. Um, I didn't even know there was five of us. 
I thought there was four of us. There's five of us. Oh, I'm not including me. I count five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, okay. So, so, okay. so Teresa, okay. I'm going to interrupt you, Janet, for a second. <laughs> Teresa, you have to understand this material doesn't come up unless you feel it's safe. And so even though it felt uncomfortable, the material, we can't force the material to come up. It only comes up when you feel safe. So, um, well, why are we guess, doing it on the radio? I thought we were, I know, you know, we don't have that many people listening to us, but why, again, I thought, why are we doing this? I mean, is this because we don't have anything, we're bored, or why are we doing this? <laughs> because oh, we're looking at you your story. You ask the question as the answer. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so, so why are we doing this? So what's inside of you, CJ? What's I don't your know. Answer, I thought CJ? we were just going to go out and do a radio show, but I, I thought it was by invitation only. <laughs> it, it, but it's about it's about how how you took and got involved with the government, and how you got involved with um, oh, the information okay, that you so, did, and so oh, we take oh, you through your story. Back to the how did you know right. that's what it was going to be about? But, but I didn't. Susanna, but I we didn't talk it. about this. But I could see it when I was with you doing the exercise of guiding you through the material. I could see it. So that's how I knew where to take you because okay, I could well, see it with you. Right. All right. So let's all own the role oracle. We're all five psychics. TJ. Well, that's why we're all is. five that's psychics. So when we tell the story, the we, we get it. We can't talk the same time. Don't talk the same time. Let me finish well, this. Because <laughs> nobody makes out what you're saying. Uh, every time I turn right, over to talk, telling our there's story. five. All doing every our time I open my mouth, you talk. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk, whether you let me or not. These are five psychics. We're all five psychics. So when when you're telling a tale, we can see it. When you know when Karen does it all the time, she says, "I see it." So that's why we can interject and say, you know, like Suzanne was saying, this guy. You may not have the whole picture, but the guy watching you. Is key. So she's got the track into the inside information, but you're not. You're still blocking it. Now, what we want to do is help you feel comfortable for future episodes. So we're going to model this. There'll be there'll be four more people before you're back in the hot seat, and I hope you learn to trust the process because if we go to our brace with the secret. It, it, you're you're not going to be able to do your mission, which was you came here to help us. Get the story out. And well, everybody did Everything it. you did was for the higher And it's all about Roswell. So it's all about it's, Roswell. It's, we owe it to So you are now talking about please Roswell. Let us so facilitate you. Please let us facilitate you. Yes. But, but are you trying to say that because I know some Roswell stuff that uh, all, all of us are going to – I don't – all right, so we're, are this, we all telling our life story? And our I, just, I just want to say one. I want to say. I want to say one thing, TJ. This is the beginning of who you are in your mission, and what Janet's trying to say is there's more to come, and she and you're getting real comfortable, and you did beautiful tonight, and she did. It's, you're going to finish the story. You know, well, do y'all know so about what we need to do? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. We need, you're, we're going into retroactive innovation because you're getting information overload. So we got to, we really have to stop and let you process and digest this. And, and, and yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of, so. Well, so normally I like listening to my show. 
I'd like to go back and listen, okay, so but I don't you're, think I'm going to, I'm going to hear you're, myself you're all like an idiot. right now. Well, okay, yeah, you CJ, you're all, if you're told everybody I get sex, and you're dumb as a rock, and I, 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 I had sex, I had sex, I had Got, sex with every, every color of person in the world, male and female, I had sex, okay, big deal, people had sex. Well, it wasn't about yeah, mothers. Like, I had to get pregnant. She wanted, her, she wanted Angie to be orgies. her. I've had orgies. Hey, great. I had sex with orgies. Hey, I mean, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. TJ, it's time, to, TJ, it's time to forgive yourself for that. Yeah, yes. I know, for being ignorant. I still feel bad about that. Oh, God, not David. All right. The warm slide, I feel really guilty about because I didn't know what it was. I I thought that was really interesting. Oh, I was. descriptive. I don't know what the warm slide was. Yeah, and so I was just like, I quit. I was not there. I got pregnant. That's embarrassing. That's how she got pregnant? Wait a minute. How do you not know how you got pregnant? I didn't even know I was pregnant. And now we're able. She was yeah, one of my baton yeah. and she'll but, but tell you. My it. big question, TJ, no was why what? you didn't keep your legs closed. You had three more. You you didn't learn. You didn't run for the oh, game. I didn't know how what caused them. I didn't know it. I, I don't know. They tried to give me a birth control pill. It didn't work. I don't know. It was, I don't know. I got one in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe they were just creating them. I don't know. It was 60. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad okay, I, got, well, I, would, I wouldn't give anything for, I mean, the kids, they were great. I loved them and all that. They didn't make sense, but it's, it's, but you're right. Now, Deborah's right, though. It doesn't make any sense, so it's never, that's why I can't tell my story. Every bunch of stuff happens all together, and then maybe nothing happens, and it all happens, and it, it doesn't make sense. So who cares? But you care about the Roswell stuff, and that's sort of what I was writing for. At that time, I thought it was important because it wasn't out yet. So I felt like it wasn't. Well, I didn't know it was you're not going to get the details unless you do your – you've got to do your family of origin work and let, let these triggers go. And that, it's like peeling an onion. You, you've got your so-called defenses. And inner critic, and you can't even let somebody talk without talking over them. So this is all indicators of your trauma. And I love you, TJ. I really do. I know, um, but and I, I'm going to go because we need to stop the show. But think about the radio, Janet. Are we supposed to be doing it on live radio where they can hear it in yes. every yes. country in the world? Yes. We're doing it on live radio because we're showing an example of how <laughs> your story is a human story is everybody else's story, right? There's nothing new. Yeah. Uh, nothing it's new in be... the human experience. Uh, go ahead. Do you uh, I guess I guess okay, uh, we gotta wrap this up. Let's, all right. So y'all are really I up think... and do this. Y'all are putting a new script okay, on the radio. I'll yeah, show up and do it. TJ. I'll show up. I think I think when you hear all of our stories, it'll make you understand how all of our dots are connected. Okay. All right. Because TJ, my right. story's it's... just as crazy as yours. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that'll be. But you're willing to do it free online? I'm recording it on TJ. Yeah, absolutely. It's going yeah. on Spotify, yeah, iTunes. I mean, girl, Leanna, yeah, that's me too. Apple, TJ, my life is an open book. Deborah, 
TJ, my life right. is an open mm-hmm. book. I don't. I I am very transparent about who I am and my past. Well, I didn't know I was this transparent. <laughs> no, you're not transparent. That's the point. I this I is was. the first time we've gotten the story in a way that it makes sense that we can connect the dots. It's making sense. It may not be making sense to you, but let me tell you something. It's making sense to all of us. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure that, you know, someday I'll be going, oh, yeah, like, I, oh, yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, I, I knew exactly what I was saying. I don't. I just blah. I just say whatever. You know, so, uh, but y'all are going to do it too. It's impromptu. It's not scripted, right? This is all right. just, right. what is this Absolutely. Live radio? We're like a virtual reality show or a, what do they call those? <laughs> yeah, reality show. We we're re- reality radio. You, we got to come up with something. We're doing real, this is real life. This is reality radio. Yeah, reality well, you radio. have a very important story, TJ. Uh, you have well, a very <laughs> historical, historical Wait. story. Yeah, well, some people may not like it. I may be sued the rest okay. of my life. I don't That's know. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time to end the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a song to end it. Final words, uh, Suzanne. Do you have final words? No, I'm just happy to be Anything here. Anything you want to say? She can come back. Very happy. Everybody's coming back. Suzanne. We would not have made this level of progress had not you been here, Suzanne. Oh, I mean, it's, it's out. Absolutely. It was like beating my head against the wall, the, the TJ wall for eight for 2012. So you're really, really helping us make progress, and I'm very appreciative of you. I'm trying to find oh, some good Okay, I'm going to play a song that won't get bound. Aww. It's called Sanctuary by my friend, Jaya Earthchild, who's living in Australia. So I want us all to say... Aloha at the same time. So ready? One, two, three. Aloha. 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 Let's try okay. again. One, two, three. Aloha. 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 Come on. You're okay. not very Hawaiian. Aloha. Okay. <laughs> if anybody in Hawaii says aloha at the same time, let's try one more time. On the count of three. One, two, three. Aloha. 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 All right. Okay. So, Bye. I've got Thank Saturday you. See you on Friday. Oh, you're not going to show up till Friday. All right. Let me do blog talk. Okay. Who's nine, yeah, who's 917-538? Who's that? I have no idea. They're live. Are y'all listening? <laughs> when anything. Yeah, you're All here, right. Jan. I mean, you're here. Somebody's here. Yeah. Somebody's with us. Teresa, Teresa, it's me. I'm right here. Well, who's 917? I have no idea. Maybe they're just listening. Yeah, this uh, my show says alien civilizations exist. It wasn't nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, we had no clue what we were doing. I thought it was, anyway. So what, the story, you, what do you think? We're still being recorded, but somebody else is still here. So the, story, here. the story is a story about how you 
um, ended up in the position that you ended up in. So, and the the thing was, which you you went to that place yourself, Teresa. When we have the questions and we take you through the memories, you went to that place of uncovering the memories, and I could see you doing it. And so I simply guided you to the memories that were associated with that experience. And when you listen to the show again, you'll understand it. But you okay. went, you went to those memories. Nobody. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like you see like a TV show or something in your mind, and you go back to that time. But uh, right. yeah, but I don't get the. I thought. I don't. I don't feel like I'm in control of my own radio show. But I don't even. I put something up, and it's nothing like that. But Janet came on and did the hot seat thing, or whatever she calls it. But well, is that a process you learned? I I learned something else. I don't call it the hot seat. I call it something else. But here's the great benefit of it. First of all, you have to understand that you chose those memories. You chose to do those memories, and you wouldn't have accessed those memories unless they were important and you were safe with them. So that's the first piece you have to really – I can't make you get those memories and talk about that. You have to, you have to actually do that. You have to actually – so how was the foundation laid in your life that made it possible that you went through the things that you went through and that you ended up where you ended up? So, it is your show, and those are your memories, and this is your process. And before we got on to the phone with Janet, you wanted me to be able to become friends with Janet. And so so now Janet saw me work, she saw how I work, and now she trusts me. She doesn't distrust me. Right? Yeah. But she but she couldn't have seen my work unless she actually unless she actually had a place where she wanted to go and discuss your material. So here's Janet's theory is is that somehow or another you were brought into the government to do the work you you were brought in to do and the question is is how does something like that happen? And when you went through all of the memories you went through the memories. You remembered things you had forgotten. And you took and you looked at things. You said, oh, my God, I've never thought about that. I never looked at that. And that's what it is. These are your memories. You're in control of them. And nobody could make you bring them up. You choose to bring them up. If you didn't like me or trust me, you wouldn't have brought those memories up. But is it not supposed to be on a radio show? Like, I mean, this is a radio show. I thought we were doing a radio show. But other people, other people listening to it and listening to it will feel their memories that are in, held in the same way. They'll be able to make sense of other parts of their life where they thought, where people thought they made it up, they were crazy, that couldn't have happened. They receive a lot of validation out of hearing your story. I guess. Well, but if yeah, you we're going to have haters. I'm just not looking forward to the haters, but... Are the people that remember me and oh god, but yeah. you don't have to you don't no have well. to publish this. You don't have to archive it. You can just take and it what aired tonight aired tonight. You don't have to um, publish the archive. That's up to you. Yeah, that's true. So if you don't want anybody well, else to hear it, 
You don't have to give it's it to anybody. Not, it's sort of not because I've got it hooked up right. It's automatic. I can just pay money, and it goes wherever it goes. So it's uh, I'd have to you cancel can... everything off of my credit, off of my cards. I don't know how to do that. I'd have to uh, end my cards at the bank account. You know how it's really a lot of trouble to end all of this? You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. uh, you just don't uh, pay for it. But it automatically gets in the system. I don't. I don't do anything. I can push an F for, you know, social media or Twitter or all that, but I recorded it. It's it's on Blog Talk now, but it says alien civilizations exist. has nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it doesn't make it sense. Does. It does because people don't understand how, because that's the great theory. We the didn't theory discuss is- anything of the future. You know, well, are working uh, with the government or uh, with Tom or did. contract or under. We 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 talked about the whole conspiracy of how the government spots talent, grooms the talent, and then puts that piece of talent into a place where they make the changes. So yeah. Well, maybe you can help me write an explanation because I think if we're going to do a weekly show, we should do. If we do it, it's nothing like what I put up. Can we go back and on the blog, the one you and I got, that psychic channel maybe, and put uh-huh. this episode? We, you know, I can't rewrite it. it they won't let me. They pick, these companies right. are getting really funny. They won't let me go in and change it. Uh, it all goes out there the way it goes. Uh, you right. can go do it, but it just takes a lot of time on each one for the, you know, like wherever they're at. Uh, Spreakers, okay. Lisbon, iTunes, they all pick up their own stuff. Uh, wherever they pick it up, I think mine is Stitcher and Spreaker, the main distributors. Distributors, I think. But, okay. Uh, any, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But I think what Jan, I think it's going to be. Now maybe I'm wrong. All of us are going to tell our stories together. Is that what you under? Uh, maybe gonna, I'm wrong. No, are we going to do well, this weekly? We're each, yeah, each one of us is going to tell our story of how we ended up in the position that we're at today. And the question is, is how did it happen in such a way? And then each of us, when we first introduced ourselves, we each of us found an area where the other person had something in common. Each person had an area or an individual and a cross-section work. So we've already crossed paths with each other in many ways, but we just didn't know it. And so when we go through this story... Yeah, like that Deborah, that blows my mind that she knows what I'm talking about. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. So it freaks me out. So, uh, yeah, and Karen's in Dallas where I met my husband, but she knew some people uh, that Janet and I knew. But, yeah, they... uh, I'm sure there's a point to all this. So I like the we idea where they said like we're that like I got uh, Demi Moore and Flawless sitting there. She's got makeup on, but she goes they take the makeup off and she goes back in time because she's been in prison 40 years. So I sort of got that that that's what we're trying to do, right? We're all sitting in a right. in a restaurant or something. We've never even yeah. met. You know, I've never met you in person. I've never met Karen in right. person. I've never met Deborah. But we finally all come together and. We meet, and then that's right. we already and know our stories we, or something. Right. We've know. already met. We've already met. We've already crossed paths, but we just don't know it. And so now we're sitting down, and we're going through the memories. The best part was is that you look at 
the story inside of your physical body will now begin to feel very different. It will not be, it will make more sense, it will be in order, and it will really help you. So it's a yeah, because we yeah, it's maybe it's it's very complicated. But I what don't know you, that everybody wants to do this, especially on a do. radio show. My God, they do, they do. You think every they, do? they want to tell their story on radio? All right, maybe we'll Are, start a fad. Do, do you know what? <laughs> do you know what, Teresa? Those girls. After they after they saw what I could do for you, they want to be next. The argument is okay. now on between them about cool. them saying who gets to go next because they want me to guide them through this process so they can Janet get these memories. Yes, for you. We'll, get, we'll call it to your show or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to put up every week. I don't, you know. But we'll just okay. I guess it's going to be fun, and I don't have to worry about content for my show. But what about Saturday and Sunday? Because Tommy likes to do spiritual shows. See, I wanted Karen and maybe Deborah. I don't know, but I know we're getting to know each other, but none of us know each other except, you know, me and Janet from back in Hawaii. But we didn't spend our whole lives together in between. You know, we just did a eight years of radio shows. But right. I don't get it. This felt different somehow. This didn't feel like my normal shows. Just, you know I what? Can't explain it. What? And you know what? You went into that material. It was the most. I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm listening and then I ask you a question and then I take and I ask you to put it into order and then Janet, her little light bulb goes off and she figures out that I can guide you through this chronologically and she's like, she's the answer charge. She's the answer charge. <laughs> and and then and then that was and then funny. You, she and never you says do that. She's always in charge. <laughs> right. And then, and then you go. always in charge. And then uh. you go through these deep memories and the memories that came up. Let me tell you something. They've been waiting to come up for years. And those <laughs> memories that came up, they just probably. came flying out. I was like, whoa, slow down, slow down. Let's take it a little slower. But no, well, those memories came. like that. It's like no. a chance to bury your soul, I guess. I did oh put soul on here, so that's not – I didn't discuss my near death or – oh, my God. All right. Well, I've just got to get okay with it, but I'm I'm sure after I listen to it. But what happened to the one they did last time? Where did that show go? I have they, no idea. Uh, you, have to, you have to ask them. They talked about it, but where is it? I don't know where it I, went. I don't either. Don't, we, didn't, no. we were supposed to ask about that. Janet started talking about it, but what did they do with that last time story? I talked about Roswell and the ship and stuff. Oh, well, anyway, ask I got him. parts in all my books. I just never, like, put it out. See, the deal with Janet was she always wanted me to tell chronologically, point, boom, 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 sort of what you're doing with me. So I know she's happy because okay. she can never get – I don't like to do this. It's uncomfortable. So I just would write stories for Dirk because he wanted to know stuff and say, you know, give me a story every week, so many words, and I just did it, right? And it would be right. the stuff about UFO stuff that I knew about because I experienced it, and he liked me. But he couldn't believe I didn't know Alex Collier, you know? Hmm. So, oh, shit, are we still recording? Yeah. Damn it. Okay. Oh, my God, we're still phone? recording. Well, me... anyway, okay, okay, I need to find that station and uh, get off of the blog talk but anyway the thing was I was doing it to help 
you know, Dirk wanted content, and he knew Robert Morningstar, and Robert knew all these people, but I never was in that group. I wasn't allowed. I was a real, you know, investigator. I, you don't do real stuff. I mean, I was talking to Don Berliner and, uh, you know, Dr. Bruce McAbee uh, later, but uh, he, uh, these are people that don't do that stupid shit in social media. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, right. the stupid shit that people aren't really involved in it. They're Corey Good and Emory Smith and David Wilcock, they're just, you know, want to be make up stuff and and read books and put it all together. It's a big difference, right. you know. Right, uh, real big difference. That, but but anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, but they're, I mean, that's their story to them. But they call them LARPers, live action role players. But this is mm-hmm. different because you're telling your real story. Is what I mean. It's not the same. This is. The reality, at least to me, it is. But I don't think it that, is. I didn't know that. Why did we go back again to <clears throat> when I was a kid? I mean, I mean, we I, went, I tell we, people to start with their high school. I guess that's maybe that's why I started there. I don't we started know. with we started with the story about how um, your neighbor friend Nick Roach approached you and asked Pat you if you wanted to work for the government. No, it wasn't Pat, Pat Roach though. Pat was. Janie Ferguson's daddy that lived down the street. He was a mason. Right. But he right. worked with my dad at the paper mill. So there's a lot of details lost out. So I can see how people can wind up doing movies without the details. So it's sort of like I sort of could see it like that History Channel trying to do the Roswell story with the J. Allen Hynek stuff that had a bunch of pieces but not all of it. So I mm-hmm. think what Janet's trying to do is go back and put pieces that are missing, but she found me and she knew mine and Tom's story years ago, but she was mad at me because I'd say, well, that part of my book is right, but that part's not. And she got mad and she said, well, what were you? I said, because you don't tell the whole story, Janet. It's based on, you don't, you can't put all the truth out there, you, you know, so that's how I think I've wound up doing this with her. But it had to be the right ingredient. You had to be there. And mm-hmm. I, I kept knowing it. I knew that you had to be there. I knew, remember, I said, right. it, and I was fighting it because they lost the radio that I did. And I said, okay, I'm not going to do somebody else's if I don't have control because she always has control and she always wants me on her channel. But they lost it. And so she doesn't have a copy. They didn't let me copy it. We were doing uh, uh, Skype. Or, no, she had me go on Zoom, so I didn't mm-hmm. have any control, and I hit record, and I said, well, let me copy it because I need my show for Friday or whatever night it was. Yeah, Friday tonight, last week, because mm-hmm. I wanted my show. So we didn't get it copied, I, I, but uh, Deborah said she was copying it. And I said, well, why can't I copy it? But Janet said I couldn't hit the button, and when I did, it wouldn't work on Zoom. So we need to find out. But that's not cool. If you do it, you can't do uh, – and Janet was worried about – she didn't have a copy, and I don't have a copy. So we lost that. So it shows up. You know how you see on uh, your shows? They're gone. Mm-hmm. But now it looks like I didn't do a show, but I did. But it wasn't on my TGMRCT radio. So those archives are missing for two weeks, right? They're gone forever. Mm-hmm. You can't go back and put it. It's t- like you said uh, – on TJMRCT Radio, now there's, there's just two weeks, so now you and I show up doing a psychic show. So right. We're going to keep doing that. But what do you think about, uh, i got to feel Saturday and Sunday. My daughter knows, uh, my two daughters, because I'm trying to run a company, 
American uh-huh. Communications Online, but I do need two more shows. So uh, I know, uh, I don't know, what, what do you think? I've got Tommy working on Tuesdays. I, Tina, I gave them the, uh, but they're doing their own thing now, and they're doing their okay. own shows. So what, what about do you your daughters? They had somebody? Sunday. No, they don't want to be in. Huh. Uh, I live here alone, you know, by myself, like uh, you know, a hermit. But if I don't, she prides herself on telling everybody. For you know, we do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I gotta do some. Time. A lot of people I could show up or do interviews. I don't care to do that. But what do you? Let me make some phone calls and see if I can find somebody that'll call you. Can you hear me, Teresa? Yeah, hold on. Let's see. Ronnie Dawson was going to do uh, show up and do uh, trucker kind of stories for Ace Folk Life, but I don't have anybody. I, it's just going back to work life. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, right. So uh, you so, need somebody so for Saturday? Friday, and Sunday. So you and I do Thursday. Right. Jen and I do Friday, which is right. now something totally different. And okay. Saturday, but can uh, I need to look at the different? Uh, what do you want to support? What kind of information? I need to get off this radio. I've got to find that show on my computer. What kind of shows do you want to do? I've got it. I wanna, wanted to do wanna, attention age stuff. I do too. Do you want to hang up and we can talk on the phone? Yeah, if I I'll can call find you. the freaking computer uh, show. What? Uh, hold on. Uh, let's see. Where was I recording? Now, I, I can put this on Blog Talk or ACIR Radio, but I was recording. Where was I recording this? Janet Janet calls into Blog Talk, but I've got so many radio stations. Let's see. Blog Talk. Blog Talk Radio. That's the one that does the distribution. They A box owns that. All right. Let me see. It's not even the right show name. Let's see. Okay. I have to go into the studio. <laughs> And cancel it on the computer. Oh my God! I never hung up the phone. Oh my God! Okay, let me. Uh, okay, but let me. I've got to hang the phone up. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Wait. No. 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 Wait. Wait. I'm gonna turn that. 